everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the actual 214th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. So yeah, I threw in actual 214th because I messed up, guys. I said 214 last week when it was actually the 213th episode. I uh, Oh, so what happened was there was supposed to be an episode a few weeks ago, but uh, I didn't end up posting it or, or fully creating it, and that was supposed to be the 213th. So I thought I already made it, and then I moved on to 214, but in actuality, I didn't. Uh, so last week, the Christmas special was the... 213th episode so sorry for any confusion if you were looking for 213 uh i didn't mean to mess you up there but here we are with episode 214 i i've been a bit sick recently so that's why you haven't really heard too much um as far as episodes are concerned and why i most likely sound like death in the big segment here today so uh here we go please bear with me as i uh I try to stick this out as best as I can, and I hope you can as well. Um, But in this episode, I'm going to review, uh, in this this sickness, all of the 2019 news and updates for the Jurassic franchise and the podcast. And, uh, I, you know, it's just kind of like a quick year in review on my own, uh, a solo segment. But after that, we're going to head to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics inside the Jurassic Wire Aaron Byer and I will tackle some of the most recent news and rumors and actually switch things up and talk about what we are looking forward to in 2020. We did that last year with what we were looking forward to this year in 2019. So we kind of review what we thought about last year and uh, and review what we are hoping for in 2020. So, of course, we hope you like everything featured in the latest iteration of the Jurassic Wire. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of negativity towards some things, so please stick with it. I think all debates and conversations in this segment are our own opinions and insights from things that we've seen in the news and around the community. So stay tuned to the beginning of that segment to hear everything that we'll be discussing. But, um, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much it for the intro here. Uh, of course, we like to try to take care of some business, but I, I don't really have too much to say so far. It's the final episode of 2019, so all I want you guys to do is go check out our YouTube channel. We do a lot of work over there, and uh, we, we have videos, you know, this we've been doing videos all while we've been off here on the podcast, so please go check out all the videos. we got more this week. We've, we, recently, we've had a lot uh, as far as... Uh, Jurassic World Live Tours concern, Jurassic Park, um, or the Return to Jurassic Park video game, uh, all kinds of stuff. Toy, there, there's so much stuff out there, so please go check it all out. Um, and also, I did on my own channel a uh, a review, uh, a reaction to The Rise of Skywalker, so if you guys are looking for a little bit something different, go check out that review on my personal channel. Just search for myself, Brad Jost on YouTube, and you'll find that review there. But enough of all that. Why don't we get this episode kicked off by looking back 
at 2019. Where's Aunt Claire? 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. But it's alive! And everyone on the planet is going to line up to appreciate it and everything done. People would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? Are, are these characters uh, auto erotic? No, no, no. Come on! After Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom hit in 2018, we sat around and wondered what would happen uh, for the next few years. What's going to happen for Jurassic? Will there be anything to talk about? That's always the question after a film debuts and all the promotions done, all the uh, tie-ins are done. And we wonder, what are we going to talk about for the next few years in between films? And 2019 was our first off year in the lead up to Jurassic World 3. So we've been kind of thinking it would be silent, but uh, that was surely not the case. So today I'm going to go through as much as I possibly can here. I listed out um, a bunch of really important things that impacted the fan community over the past year. Um, And as far as the podcast as well, things that we've done. So let's start from the beginning and just talk uh, quickly about you know, the podcast itself, we um, we did our final episode was like this episode last year um, with The Wire. And then we took a, a hiatus that kind of lasted uh, month after month after month. And we ended up coming back in April, uh, like mid-April last year or this year. So, it, yeah, it's it was kind of crazy. I didn't expect to go on a hiatus for the podcast that long. And, of course, we kept uh, continued to do stuff um, over on YouTube and, and social media and all over the place. But the podcast itself, man, that was crazy to have that long of a hiatus, to not have to produce or, or record or edit and all that stuff. So that was interesting. But, you know, we picked it back up, and we had a few little breaks here and there throughout the rest of the year because that's kind of what I decided when we did that hiatus was, you know, we're going to take some breaks and, and not take it all uh, too seriously as far as we need to hit these days and we need to release on these days. Even though we mostly did, I just wanted it to be a bit more relaxed, and I think that hiatus helped. Um, so earlier in the, in the year, too, we uh, this is, I think, still in January, probably around the Super Bowl, or maybe that was February, um, we got that Walmart commercial with the Ford Explorer, uh, you know, decked out in the same paint job and everything from the original movie. We got the compies in there. That was awesome. That was like a nice little thing to boost up the fan community, to have something to talk about. That was really, really cool. Um, One of the next things that I noticed was Jurassic World Evolution uh, hit 2 million units sold, which I feel like is a really big deal. That's really awesome. You know, we always talk about how we want more video games for Jurassic, and I think I think selling two million units is is a good deal. I mean, I don't I don't know you know the metrics as far as uh, video game sales is concerned, but I think two million is pretty good. So that was certainly something to stand up and applaud for uh, Frontier and everything they created with Jurassic World Evolution. Um, you know, shortly in the in the beginning of the year, there we we saw a lot of construction popping up around uh, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure in Orlando, Florida. So that was um, that was something that was pretty interesting because what was once a, blue, a beautiful, luscious, uh, you know, tropical land turned into Wall City and there was just construction walls everywhere. And it's, it's still there, you know, as of right now, it's still there. So it's lasted this entire year. 
uh, you know, where construction walls just line all the pathways. Um, we started to see, you know, uh, tons of trees taken out and uh, buildings and stuff demolished behind the scenes. So they've been doing a ton of work, you know, to bring in that new roller coaster to give Blue a new permanent location. Um, Blue's just kind of been wandering around for a little bit. Well, not not really wandering, but uh, different locations for a little bit. Um, so it, it's it's something that's been happening since I think January. So that's pretty pretty crazy that uh, you know we're still going and it's gonna still go for quite a while. You know that coaster's not gonna be done as far as I know until 2021. So we got all of this next year to talk about all the construction for Islands of Adventure. So that is certainly something that. Uh, we talked a lot about in The Wire, and we talked a lot about over on YouTube, so it's definitely, um, you know, kept things going as far as discussion is concerned. Then in, uh, let's see, early February, LEGO revealed Legend of Isla Nublar, uh, the fact that we were going to get a show and multiple sets, uh, LEGO sets, so that was something that was really, really awesome and, and kind of unexpected. We didn't, we didn't really uh, know we were going to be getting this big show, so that's, that's cool, and you know, we had a few, um, you know, specials and stuff as far as Lego is concerned, but then we got this this reveal in early February around New York Toy Fair that, uh, you know, they're going to be doing like a weekly series, uh, uh, and that was really cool to find out, and I think those sets are pretty wild. You know, everybody was like, what does this have to do with Jurassic? You know, these mech suits and stuff like that, but I think when you watch the show, it really makes sense, so those were really cool. I like those a lot. Um, and that was all centered around New York Toy Fair. Um, Toy Fair gave us that big scoop um, unexpectedly, and um, it wasn't supposed to happen, but they gave us that big scoop on Battle at Big Rock, and from that moment on, I think the fandom was just, like, out of control. It was like we didn't really expect too much for 2019, and then we hear that there's going to be a short film in the movie theaters, uh, which didn't actually end up happening, but we heard this, you know, in front of Hobbs and Shaw, and everybody was speculating and wondering. It was so crazy. That was such a fun time, was discussing what do we think Battle at Big Rock is? Who's going to be involved? Uh, what kind of dinosaurs? All this fun stuff. And, oh, not even the dinosaurs. They actually said what the dinosaurs were going to be at Toy Fair, so that was, that was pretty interesting. And they said that there's going to be toys involved, so we're going to see these toys sometime later in the year. Um, and of course, New York Toy Fair, which we actually were able to go out to and heard that scoop, but they also had so many other great toys out there. We got to see the Indominus Rex, Primal Pal Blue, um, a lot of the Dino Rival stuff, Super Colossal Blue. So there, that was like one of the first times we actually got to see these things up close and personal, the Indominus being one that was really, really hyped. We were all so excited for that figure. Um, and just around that time, you know, Jurassic World toys were named Action Figure of the Year. So that was that was really cool. And I think the statue was even on display right there at their booth, which was awesome. Just just knowing how how much we've been uh, in touch with these dinosaurs and and uh, Mattel and everything, it was it was really fun to see that they uh, it it all, it all paid off. You know, it all paid off as far as the work that they went into it, uh, they put into it, and. Um, all the purchasing, everybody, you know, purchased these items like crazy. They've been always falling off the shelves, so it's it's awesome. Um, and then in February, um, over on our website, um, Tom Fishenden did a three-part interview, which I thought was really, really cool, um, with the production designer on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Andy Nicholson. So he did that over on our website. So if you go, 
If you didn't get a chance to check that out, go back to our website, search for Andy Nicholson, or even just look up Tom's uh, stuff on our website, and you'll see that that uh, big uh, three-part interview. It was really cool to get some insight into how some of the stuff, how the sets and stuff were created for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and get a bit of history on Andy. So I thought that was really cool that we were able to debut that on our website. So thanks, Tom, for doing that. Um and then, you know, shortly after that, the Dino Rivals toys started hitting the market. And, you know, like I said, in an off year where, you know, we got so much stuff in 2018 leading up from April on to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, we we, we got so many toys in that time period. And 2019 literally didn't let up at all, which is kind of crazy in a year where there is no movie and and it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2020 um you know a year where there is no movie we got so so many toys all the dino rivals stuff was awesome i i think for the most part everything out of dino rivals was really cool the marketing tactics um the the key art everything that they used was really great i really loved just the dynamic that they were selling as far as the packaging and and everything it just looked really really awesome um and then in march let's see uh over on um netflix they actually kind of teased or leaked uh a bit of camp cretaceous there so we we actually got our first um you know uh, awareness of Camp Cretaceous being on Netflix, and that was something that popped up, I think, in, in March, and uh, and this was all before they officially released the information back in, in June of this year, but um, that was awesome to find out that there's something coming. What is Camp Cretaceous? When are we going to learn what this is? And, and we learned, but uh, it took a little while, so uh, around that time as well, Chris Pratt won Kids' Choice Award for Owen. He uh he won that for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so that was great. We get some uh, some acknowledgement there for the uh for the franchise. Um, in April, we actually got to go to New York and attend the press day for Jurassic World Live Tour, and that was that was huge. You know, go, having the chance to go out there. It was the first time I met up with Tal, one of the contributors here on our podcast. He's been off in many countries recently and it's been awesome to follow his his youtube channel and his instagram and stuff like that just to see where he's been and um i uh i love that i had the chance to meet up with him and and cover this event the press day for jurassic world live tour back in april um and and just to get a first look at uh, everything that they're creating we got to see blue and genie and meet uh madison Embry and uh, a lot of people behind the scenes which is really awesome the directors um so yeah it was really really awesome to have that chance to film a lot of footage and to do a bunch of interviews and stuff like that it was really awesome so that was our first uh you know introduction to jurassic world live tour which we certainly learned a lot more about as the year went on um and then uh around that time as well Battle at Big Rock Toys started to hit the market unexpectedly. Um, you know, we had heard earlier in the year that uh, toys were going to be on the way at some point. But um, as time went on, we just we, we ended up hearing nothing at all. And then Battle at Big Rock Toys just popped on a shelf in Walmart and everybody started going nuts. That was just that was another, you know, Another impact moment where, you know, it, it all revolves around Battle at Big Rock. That is something that really sustained 2019 for everybody was 
the fact that we're getting new content in this year, something brand new. And uh, these toys were tied to that, and and we didn't know anything really about it. But, um, you know, we got that Nosutoceratops and the Allosaurus toy, and, and everybody was like, wow, what is this? Are they going to look like this? What's going on? They look different. It's crazy. Why does this dinosaur exist? Why does this one look different? It was really interesting. So this really puts us uh, moving into June where DreamWorks and Netflix announced Camp Cretaceous finally. So we finally got some insight onto what that show is going to be when it's debuting. It's at 2020. Um, and we got to, to know that, the, you know, it's centered around a bunch of kids and this like um, I don't even remember, but like this, you know, this group of kids that are. Uh, tied into the Jurassic World events and all that stuff. So it was really cool to, to finally see that that art that they put out there. Um, and we actually did get that little uh, teaser video, which was great. It was awesome to finally see, like, what the style is going to look like in motion. So that was really, really cool. Um, and also around that time, you know, we're like, you know, news is really picking up. And news is going crazy. So why don't we do a YouTube live stream segment uh, for the podcast to kind of get that breaking news out there uh, every single week. And we started up Let's Talk Jurassic here on the podcast. And uh, it's not every t every now and then I've kind of, um, you know, cut out those segments over on YouTube and put them here on the podcast. But typically that's just a, a YouTube only thing where, you know, we have interaction from uh, the live, uh, the live, uh, chat and stuff like that. So I'm sitting there on video and we've got pictures popping up and videos and audio and all kinds of music and stuff. So that has been something that I've really, really focused on this year. And I've tried not to let that slide too much over the holidays here. I've definitely let it go a little bit, but, um, starting the live streams, uh, this year, like every Wednesday night has been something that was awesome. I really, really enjoy doing those. It's it's kind of it gets me excited each and every week to kind of go live and talk to you in person every week. So that's that's really cool. It's something that I'm definitely going to keep going in 2020. We'll we'll get that kicked off, you know, uh, pro probably this week. Why don't we start doing it? You know, um, New Year's Day, January 1st. I think that's what is that Wednesday? Um, but yeah, so I I I've really enjoyed doing that. Uh, July kicked us off with Jurassic, Jurassic World The Ride and The Land officially opening out in Universal Studios Hollywood. And that was something that, you know, we had known since, I believe, September that, you know, that uh, that uh, attraction went down for um, uh, a big uh, rehab and stuff like that. They're going to be changing it out, turning everything to Jurassic World. The land was cut off and all that. So, it was interesting to see that progress and uh, see where we got, where we came, and and what happened with that attraction. And I think it was mostly really well received. Um, and the lines have been great. It's it's looking like a a pretty great attraction. Um, I do think that the you know it definitely has its issues. There's some segments that are kind of you know a little boring here and there, and um, I think that's probably due to budgetary issues and stuff like that, and and the time allotted. But I think overall what we got um, is pretty great. I think it's awesome. I really love that Mosasaurus segment. That's so, so fun. And I think the land itself uh, definitely benefit from that overhaul. Um, I think going with that Jurassic World aesthetic, it, it did something pretty great, I think, for that land. Um, you know, along with the different restaurants and bars and stuff like that. I think it, it really looks pretty awesome. So that was something that happened. And then they did... Um, 
you know, they were doing soft openings and then they just tweeted out, you know, uh, we're open. It's it's officially open today. And then they did uh, shortly after that, they did the big grand opening with with um, Colin Trevorrow and some of the cast members and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and that was in July. And also around that time, Stern uh, Pinball announces a new Jurassic Park pinball set which um, we actually got to learn all about in one of our episodes where we actually talked um, with Stern about those sets and everything. So that was really cool um, to kind of get some insight and, uh, you know, learn all about these things. We actually got the press release, put it out on our website, um, and and those sets look really fun, and I've heard from people who've played them. I have not found one myself. They're actually not around me, so I'll have to travel one day and uh, try to find these somewhere, but uh, I've heard they're pretty awesome. Um after that, we actually got uh, the the reveal of the Amber Collection. So we we had known previously that you know um, like a six inch line was coming at some point. I think from the previous San Diego Comic Con, but um, you know we finally got wind of the Amber Collection, what it's gonna look like, and all that stuff. And um, it I think it looks pretty great. I think it's it's awesome. So that's something that was announced, um, you know, at, uh, I believe, San Diego Comic-Con. They also revealed a bunch of stuff for the Primal Attack figures, all the new species and, and different variations that we're going to be getting uh, throughout 2020, um, which have already started to hit the shelves uh, for the past few weeks now. So keep your eyes peeled out there in, in the stores. There's a lot of new stuff out there, um, some really, really interesting stuff, and all the new... Um, uh, branding and stuff like that for Primal Attack is out there. So go check it out, the new boxes, all that. So it's pretty interesting. I don't necessarily love the new boxes. I I loved Dino Rivals. I thought that was the best thing they've done. Um, but uh, Primal Attack, it's okay. Um, but I think the toys are going to be really great. And it looks like we're going to be sustaining all the way through 2020 with all those different species and stuff. I'm really excited to see where it goes from there. But uh, also at San Diego Comic-Con, they they revealed or, or started selling John Hammond figures. So we've been kind of dealing with the fact that we've had no new human figures. But then here comes John Hammond. Um, and it was, it was going crazy selling out at San Diego Comic-Con. And, uh, man, that was a hectic time. Wondering if... John Hammond would be available anywhere else you know is this going to be because it, it said it was going to be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive and then it did start to hit um, Entertainment Earth and then you see it in Universal Parks so it is out there you are able to get these figures a bit but it was it was pretty hectic there for a while and I know, I know a lot of people were out there um, picking up these toys thank you to Victoria uh, for going out there and picking up a lot of these toys and, and sending some our way and stuff so that was really awesome, but um, that was that was in July, and then August hit, and we got to 200 episodes here on the podcast. Did a big 200th live episode recording where we did the entire episode from start to finish, audio cues, music, talking, all that stuff from start to finish. That was that was insane. So we we did the live streams and everything uh, over on YouTube, but this was something different because I had the queue up. All these sound effects, all these intros, outros, um, and try to to run and schedule. Like I don't even know how many people were on there. I think there was like nine people on there at, at one point. Um, so that was really really chaotic and totally fun. And I do want to try to do that at some time, at some point in the future. And um, I know me and Aaron have been discussing doing live uh, editions of The Wire over on YouTube. We didn't do this one this week, but. Um, you know, in the future, we're going to try to do more of these live things. And I think that was that was part of the fun was 
you know, doing that all in person, all at the same time. And I think it was a pretty good hit for no rehearsals, nothing. We just kind of winged it and just went, and it was awesome. Um, also in that month, Tom, again, Tom Fishenden did a th- another three-part article um, slash interview with Dr. David Button discussing paleontology. And um, he uh, actually reached out, you know, to a lot of people in the community to ask for your paleontological questions to find out what you want to know about dinosaurs and paleontology and dr david button answered all of those questions over on our website and uh, i think that was pretty pretty interesting and something that you're just not getting um in other places so i thought that was really fun to do is to have something a bit different and and not necessarily jurassic related but dinosaur related so that was awesome um and then um let's see this we're moving on to like september now and we actually got to go down to Florida to see Jurassic World Live Tour in person and to do a podcast roundtable with everybody at Feld Entertainment who, who helped produce this show. Um, it was incredible. It was so much fun to see the live tour in person at Feld Entertainment Studios and to do that roundtable with so many people behind the scenes. That was awesome. That was really um, an event that I don't think you can – forget personally that was really awesome to see this podcast get to a place where we are are flown down there to cover this pretty major thing for Jurassic and I I have been a huge um you know professor of love for this this show and I think it's amazing I think it's really awesome and I really think everybody needs to go out there and check it out um I I definitely view it as uh, official canon and, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be so uh you should too <laughs> so that was that was a lot of fun and just um you know working with the the team over at Feld Entertainment they were so amazing for uh, to us and uh, allowing us the opportunity to go down there um it was just a blast it was so much fun going down there and covering that and seeing that live tour in person in those front row seats it was really really a special time and i hope you guys enjoyed all our coverage you know we we're still putting stuff out for that you know we we covered so much that we still have stuff that we've been releasing so that's been fun to kind of uh continually cover that live tour and it's going to be going all the way through 2020 so you know a lot i know a lot of people are wondering when are those other dates popping up uh as far as uh you know the west coast or other dates around the country and they are going all the way through next year so please go check out their website and look at all those dates because they added a bunch of them um and then also in september uh, September was a big month as well. So, you know, we, we did that live tour thing. And then Legend of Isla Nublar actually debuts on Nickelodeon um, in like early to mid-September. And uh, that was pretty cool. And I think it's a very fun show. You know, it's not something that's maybe for everyone. But for kids, I think it's brilliant. And I think it's fun for the adults who are checking it out as well. You know, it's it's not something you, you look at and you're like, well, this is canon. It's, it, there's no reason to look at it like that because it's the farthest thing from canon. So it's fun, it's exciting, and it debuts like some really cool and interesting things, I think, as far as Jurassic's concerned. Some some weird stuff, some fun stuff, new characters, old characters returning into uh, you know unique situations. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so I've really enjoyed Legend of Isla Nublar. And in that same weekend... Um, I think it was a, was it a weekend? I don't even know. But that same time, time frame, Battle at Big Rock debuts over on FX. That was crazy. Um, you know, all that time went. And I think 
Um, I think it was maybe August, end of July, when Hobbs and Shaw debuted. And, they, you know, that movie came and went, and we didn't see anything in front of that like we were kind of uh, told. But, um, you know, that was fine. It's all fine. We just figured, you know, maybe they got to continue working on this thing. And then Battle at Big Rock uh, finally debuts on FX. Like, I think it was like September 15th or something. And that was huge. You know, that was such a huge thing, I think, for the fan community, keeping the discussion rolling, the fact that it was also put online for free. Um, that's crazy. I am still looking for a uh, a purchasable quali- uh, um, uh, version of it, you know, something that's high quality that we can purchase and own for ourselves. I would gladly pay for that eight-minute special there. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, the team behind that, Colin, you know, directing, um, I think it looks beautiful. Everything about it is awesome. Um, you know, we got to see those new characters, the new dinosaurs interacting. It's something that's really special to have this like random short, eight minute short that kind of bridges the gap between the next, uh, between Fallen Kingdom and the next movie. And then, you know, a lot of stuff spawned off of that too. So I, I think it's awesome. Um, I wish the promotion was a little bit better, but it doesn't seem to matter because they went crazy with this thing. And, uh, you know, they they did end up getting all the celebrities tweeting about it. And it, it was all on the websites. And, you know, there was uh, live streaming of it and in theaters and stuff like that. So it ended up being a pretty big deal. So bravo to everybody at Universal. I think this is pretty awesome. Um, and then, uh, you know, just around that time period as well was the big three announcement. The fact that uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are going to be returning in major roles for Jurassic World 3. That's awesome. We've, we finally got the news that we've been waiting for um, since, you know, we, we heard about Jurassic World happening. <laughs> we, <coughs> excuse me. We have been wanting to hear about the big three returning in big capacities and and we we are led to believe it's going to be major roles so that is very very exciting and um you know that that's great and i just can't wait 2020 is going to show us exactly what those roles are going to be i think um also uh moving on to october we we learned here at the podcast that jurassic world 3 is going to be heading to malta um, the island country, I guess, of Malta, uh, filming out there, and we don't really know what's gonna be happening. Still, it's a a very water centric area. There's, yeah, it's an island, so it could be something surrounded by water. It could be something in an ancient city. It could be something in the beautiful uh, country, you know, uh, landscape. It, it, who knows? At this point, it's a beautiful location, and it could be used for uh, a variety of things. And I am very excited to see what comes from Jurassic World 3 in Malta. So stay tuned for more on that. But um, we also did learn that Jurassic World 3 is going to begin in February of 2020. And that came from a Forbes article with Frank Marshall. So that was really cool to learn that, you know, it looks like this is going to be taking the same schedule as uh, Fallen Kingdom as far as the production's uh, concerned. So who knows? I mean, this could last until July, August, somewhere in that range. And, um, I think we got a lot of stuff ahead of us in 2020. So that was that. And then we also learned of some new casting, Mamuto Athi and DeWanda Wise are joining Jurassic World 3. That was really cool. I don't know too much about them still, but I'm very excited to see what they bring. 
uh, to Jurassic World 3. I've heard rumors and stuff like that. Maybe there are a couple. Uh, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Either way, I'm very excited to see what they bring to this movie. Um, also, at the end of October, we did our Halloween special. We got a bunch of people in the community, in the in the podcast cont- uh, contributor community, and uh, did a bunch of, you know, segments and stuff surrounded by Halloween. And I always love our holiday specials. I think they're so much fun. Some of my favorite episodes that we produce. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's timeless. Go check it out. It's so much fun. Um, Also in November, Jessa Smith and Daniela Pineda were confirmed to return. So this cast is getting out of control. It's huge. We know so many people are involved in this movie. Jessa Smith, Daniela Pineda, Mamuto Athi, DeWanda Wise, uh, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt. We got, um, I am blanking on, uh, on the name of the actress because I'm sick and I have no clue. Um, but, uh, Maisie, you know, you know her, she's going to be back. BD Wong's going to be back. It's, it's crazy. I am sorry that I forgot her name, but we'll, we'll get back to it. Um, yeah. So then also in November running universal, held their first Jurassic World event uh, in Universal Studios Hollywood where you could run around the park, around the backlot tour area, and win Jurassic World-themed medals. That's so cool. I wish I had the chance to go out there. That was... um, that was really fun. Um, but uh, that was... Yeah, that was like November 16th and 17th, I believe, of this year. And um, we also did learn around that time that Return to Jurassic Park was going to be coming to Jurassic World Evolution. And that that is just another major thing that happened this year. Um, something we kind of were thinking was going to happen eventually. This kind of uh, reskinning of a lot of stuff, turning it into Jurassic Park, that old aesthetic, getting some old skins and stuff like that as far as the dinosaurs are concerned and the vehicles and stuff like that. Um, and it seems to be a big hit. It's really awesome. Uh, I'm very happy that this happened. Um, I have not personally got a chance to do it, but I'm very excited to dive into that hopefully in a new year. Um, but that's awesome. Return to Jurassic Park. What a big thing uh, to finally hit here at the end of 2019. Um, also, we did get those motion comics, the Jurassic World motion comics, which I'm going to be talking all about in the uh, the next segment here. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's very cool that we get new material I think it's awesome that we get new material, whether the quality is up to par or not. I think it's great that we get new stuff. We've been getting stuff all throughout 2019. So I it makes me very excited for what 2020 is going to bring to know that they're focusing on new content continually. So I think it's great. You know, we got motion comics. I, I didn't necessarily love them, but I, I'm excited that they happened. Um Jurassic, uh, or sorry, in December, Jurassic World 3 um, might be going under the name of Arcadia. Um, so that that is something that we got wind of. And I, I think that you can find all that information on Jurassic Outpost. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And I think we're going to be talking all about that in the Wire segment as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, but um, yeah, the, the production title of Arcadia, I think it means a lot. I think it could mean a lot for this movie, this upcoming movie. Not they, These titles, these production titles don't necessarily tie into the movies, but I think historically speaking, when you look at Jurassic 
they do tend to tie in. And I don't think this is going to be any different. So that's that's awesome. Um, early December, we also finally got that re- uh, debut of Return to Jurassic Park. And like I said, everybody loves it. Um, so that was really cool. Um, we also did get, which we will be talking about um, as well, uh, a lot of these things here at the end of this list we actually talk about in the episode today. But uh, the animatronic behind-the-scenes video from Colin Trevorrow. So that was pretty cool. We got a look at uh, a potential animatronic, and I'm going to save it there because we talk a lot about it in the segment. Um, and then last week, guys, episode 213, uh, we did our final, our, our Christmas special of 2019, and it was another blast. You know, I love doing those segments so much um uh especially especially like you know kind of building off we did what we did in 2018 me and travis stevens we got together and did a mock um home shopping network kind of infomercial thing where we uh relay a bunch of of holiday themed songs for you guys and talk about them as if we're selling you um uh, this this year it was a cassette so I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was so much fun to do. I, I had a blast doing that all on the fly. You know, we, we had a few notes here and there, but that's something we record all in one go. Really no breaks or anything. So that was that was so much fun. Um, but yeah, that, that really concludes 2019 as far as, um, you know, new stuff is concerned. You know, over the year we did, I think, about 44 episodes. Um that's pretty good considering we we took a big hiatus where we would have had, you know, another probably like 12 or so episodes added on there. Um, but we did 44 and I think we, you know, we stepped our game up over on YouTube, did what seemed to be 221 videos over on YouTube. That's nuts. That is so many videos. <laughs> you know, there were points in time where we were doing a, a video every day of the week new videos for you guys um and then you know at some point we did two a week we've we've you know kind of narrowed it down to three a week um so we are we are really um you know doing a lot of content for you guys so please go check it out i know i promote you know the heck out of that each and every week but we pour our heart and soul into youtube as well so please go check that out because mondays usually wednesdays and fridays we're producing new content for you guys um and this year you know we we did um debut a bunch of new segments and stuff like that um arjun boss started uh you know talking about new jurassic tales so you know he um he he produced uh, Extinction Level Jurassic Park over the past few years, and um, that was such a major undertaking. And it's like one of those things where, like, once it's done, you know, it, you want to create you want to create more stuff. And that's why Jurassic Tales, I think, is an excellent segment where any kind of tale that he desires can come to life, and any kind of spark of imagination in storytelling is something that's fun for something like Jurassic Tales. You know, you can tell. Any kind of tell you want in there, um, and and he's had some fun runs, fun ones in there. The the downward spiral of uh, Doctor Wu. You get to learn about the um, uh, the the breakup and stuff like that of John Hammond and Doctor Lock uh, uh, Benjamin Lockwood and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, and we also got a new look into fan fiction and stuff like that. So that was that was fantastic. Um, 
uh, we got extending the Jurassic verse with Jennifer, Elise, and Nisha, and uh, that that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time is is dive into fan fiction and I just don't have enough information myself so I love that you know we here at the podcast uh, give the availability to people to cover segments that they are attached to um, so that's really fun uh, go check that one out um, we also debuted Dino Score um, we didn't actually do the segment officially yet it's still it's still on the way uh, Dino Score the music of the Jurassic Park franchise where Caleb Burnett and myself talk about all the music of the franchise and we gave you kind of an introduction into uh what to expect with um you know some of our favorite tracks and a bit of discussion about the the soundtracks and stuff and i think that's going to be really really fun going into 2020 is to see where that segment goes and and i am so looking forward to that um and caleb also debuted jurassic tracks so you get some insight into um, you know what goes behind the scenes and and where these segments lie in the movies and what to listen for and what to hear while you're listening to the movie and I think that's pretty awesome to know like where this track falls in the movie and uh, just talk about it a little bit so I, I really enjoy that Caleb Caleb does that so thank you to all our our new contributors and and continuing contributors and stuff like that it's been such a blast this year I think everybody has done exceptional work yet again with all the different segments that we've had out there i think we've probably had everybody out there contributing in some form or fashion throughout 2019 and i am very excited for 2020 and i i think we're gonna be doing some great stuff here on the podcast i'm very excited to finally do that and hopefully not be sick while while doing it oh god it's it's annoying but thank you guys for for indulging me here in this 2019 year in review it's been crazy, and I didn't expect it to be so long-winded. And uh, I guess that's a tribute to you know how great 2019 was for Jurassic content. It's been out of control, and I know at times you know we get a bit picky uh, as far as the content's concerned, and sometimes the lack thereof content. But when you look at it uh, in retrospective, from from month to month, week to week. There is a lot to talk about, and, and we certainly do it here uh, pretty much every week and really don't run out of anything to talk about. And that's, like I said, a tribute to how great this franchise is and how it continually gives us amazing stuff to discuss. So thank you guys for uh, indulging me yet again with this year in review, and we'll look forward to 2020. Thanks, guys. debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Right Air one, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Copy that. Go, go! Tracking Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I am Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. The Jurassic Wire is a segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast where we discuss all the latest news on the Jurassic saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. Now, today, we'll be talking about Return to Jurassic Park. We'll be discussing maybe some animatronics and more uh, for Jurassic World 3. 
the motion comics for Jurassic World, uh, maybe even some production titles, and our hopes for 2020. But before all that, let's welcome in Aaron Beyer. How's it going, dude? I'm doing okay. Uh, back from Christmas, gearing up for New Year's, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for what Jurassic has to offer in 2020. Maybe. Kind of. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we, uh, we, um, I feel like The Wire did a lot of complaining this year, but, um, hopefully things change in 2020. Well, complaining or like holding their feet to the fire? Like, which that, one is it? Yeah, right? because, I guess, I guess it's probably more so holding the feet to the fire for sure. Cause I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like we, hmm, I mean, yeah, sure. There's, there's a fair amount of complaining, but there's also a fair amount of like being super positive about, what we did get oh for sure um, yeah you know so you know i think 2020 is gonna be okay it's gonna be like kind of a ramp up year i think especially near the end maybe so we'll see sure you know and uh speaking of things that uh we tried to hold them to the the feet to the fire uh last time around we discussed which feels like seven years ago that we did this we discussed the canon um I don't know if it feels that long for you, but it feels very long since we actually had that sure. big canon episode. Um, and this is just a small follow-up. I, I know that uh, there was a lot of people out there agreeing with us. I think a lot of people are on the same page with the canon and want to see a good direction moving forward and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and people saying that, you know, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, and then there was certainly lots of people hating on our thoughts and telling us that we were wrong. So it was it was a pretty nice month. <laughs> Okay, they're wrong too. So yeah, uh, whatever. Um, I just thought it was pretty funny. You know, it's uh, it's something that we went pretty hard on uh, there, and a, a lot of people were upset with those thoughts. And I think, I think a lot of it comes down to um, what people currently accept as canon in their their heads, um, which is not really something we discussed in that episode. We didn't really dive into head canon all that much. We touched on it a little bit, but. You know, at the end of that conversation, we had talked for over an hour on canon, and I, I just felt like, you know, let that's a good stopping point right there. We probably have a lot more to say um, with other kinds of canon discussions and headcanon and stuff like that, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for another time when we want to dive into it and get angry again. But uh, I think that's probably what it stems from, is a lot of, a lot of these, these things that um, I think we maybe dismissed as you know, this is not anything that's ever going to be canon or not canon whatsoever. So when we dismiss those things, it probably makes people angry. Well, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to dismiss anything. It boils down to like, because for me, when someone's like, oh, my head canon, and we don't have to go too much into it, but it's just like, no, no. I, I'm not trying to like invalidate something you liked or, you know, there's like, to me, like my favorite aspect of Jurassic has always been the toys right and the collector cards that came days of kenner but those collector cards aren't like there's something i enjoy but like it doesn't hurt my feelings when someone's like well those cards don't matter you know yeah it's yeah, just the way it is yeah i think you have to know the boundaries a little bit to not get too upset when those boundaries disappear or are taken away from right. you like you kind of have to understand that this is there's no way that this is ever going to be true canon like headcanon's fine and i i'm totally down with with making your own head process as to how this all works um i do it myself but like i if if somebody was to ask me what's canon and what's not 
I leave those things off the table. You know, we don't discuss those things. So, right. yeah, but uh, that's that's where where we stand there. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people agreeing and a lot of people telling us we're wrong. So there's that. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Why don't we move on to uh, today's topics where people can get angry at us? Uh, I don't think so. Not, not so much today. Um, first off, I, I wanted to discuss Return to Jurassic Park, guys, but um, I didn't play it yet. I'm sorry. It's been busy. Shame. It's, I know. I know. I feel Shame really, on you. I feel really bad, and, and I, I've been playing video games. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been playing... Like, I've been trying to catch up on my Zelda. I've been trying to... Uh, I actually played through uh, uh, the uh, Aladdin and The Lion King uh, again. The old, like, Super Nintendo, Sega, Genesis versions. Um, I played them on my Switch because I got that for Christmas. And I beat them. Uh, kind of cheating, but whatever. Um, but I've been playing video games, so I just haven't been playing Jurassic video games, unfortunately. Um and I know you have, so I figured I'd, I'd let you have the floor here and discuss what do you like about it, what are your dislikes, is it a good DLC, what do you think? Yeah, so it's really kind of a, I, I feel like this, that was a weird time to, that I think it might, it should have hit like right before Christmas, well I guess it kind of did, I don't know, yeah. it's so weird because what ended up happening was it came out and I blew through the story. Um, which was okay. I, out of all the other DLCs, I would say that this is the one to to drop the twenty dollars on and and pick up. Um, I think the quest lines were fun. They weren't egregiously banging my head up against the wall like I was with um, some of the clear sanctuary stuff. Um, this one seemed to kind of address some of the feedback from people complaining in the other DLC. Because look, I think here's the thing: if you're playing this DLC, it's probably because you've finished the main game, right? And I don't know about you, but like when I pick up DLC, I don't necessarily want to like have a difficult time. I already put in my difficult time with the actual game itself. And like I, now I just like yeah. if I'm buying DLC, I just simply want to have fun. Um, and so I think they address a lot of those issues. The skins are fantastic. They're, you know, blasphemy to say, but they're, they're kind of basic because Jurassic Park dinosaurs were kind of basic color patterns back in the day. Brown, like raptors brown triceratops is brown um t-rex is brown um you know so it's a lot of browns um but you do get the tiger stripe raptors you get the jurassic park three raptors um you get like you get a bunch of jurassic park three skin i think for like i know like there's the brachiosaur has one um the brachiosaur actually has like five or six different like canonical skins which i guess i didn't even realize the Brachiosaur had that many skins. Um, but the way the skins are laid out, it's like, you know, it's like 93A, 93B, uh, 97A, 97B, you know, 97C. Um, so it's basically like the year of the movie and then like just a generic letter um, to co coincide with it. The actors coming back, um, weird story for them. I spoilers huh. but i feel like it takes place after like, the characters all kind of do a 180 on whether or not jurassic park can work um so that's kind of weird but yeah a reason but they're all back except for obviously john hammond's voices is, is someone else um and they all sound great gets me a little more excited to have them all back 
for the movie as long as you know again like their positions haven't like changed over 25 years for the movie um but yeah it what happens is is because this game isn't on a portable system like once the holidays hit and i got crazy busy i just kind of stopped um and then the witcher came out and that's like all i want to play is the witcher game um you know i wanted to dive back into my save so kind of a weird time for this to be released but i think if you can get to it um and you've got a season to just kind of chill and you want to like burn like through or so of gameplay and sandbox mode like totally pick it up for 20 bucks yeah i mean it, it seems like it's a good deal for everything that you're getting i've been seeing so many screenshots out there and each one of them they all look like completely beautiful and i love it i can't wait to play this it's just been like i said it's been a busy holiday season and buying gifts and presents i just i didn't get to get the time to like go you know into my playstation 4 and buy myself you know return to jurassic park so i didn't get around to doing that just yet but i i am excited to do that and i, I am i think the most that i am excited for is uh the voice acting and and uh all the new the, you know the old cast returning and everything like that i i know you said it's a little weird and it's uh, the storyline wise but um uh you know you kind of have to expect that like there's no way which is is funny it's, it kind of leads into that jurassic world 3 discussions like there's there's no way to bring them back naturally in that setting and even like what they did with Jeff Goldblum in the previous version you know just the Jurassic World version it's like you know he would never support this in any way and i i can't imagine them ever supporting it so it's 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 soft canon guys that's what it, i'm going to make that joke like forever no, you know no stop this is not <laughs> canon this is nothing this is a video you know? game adaptation <laughs> All right. The only thing canonical is the color variations of the skin. I'm dying, guys. If you didn't notice, I have a cold. Uh, so if you hear me struggling with my voice, that's why. And I just coughed a lot. So there. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's a lot, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to diving into it. Uh, hopefully, maybe I'll put that on my my top things to look forward to in 2020. Totally. You totally should. So let's see here. Um, moving on to our next item here. We actually, uh, back in the middle of the month or more towards the beginning, Colin Trevorrow, uh hit up uh, all social media here with a look at an animatronic. And uh, it's basically just like just the head. Um, and it looks like there's like a, a camera case or something like on the neck area or where the neck would be. Um, but this is interesting. At least this is our... I think this is our first look into the production of Jurassic World 3. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. I might, I don't know. Um, I think it's our first look into it. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, you know, I, everyone's kind of wondering what it is. It kind of looks like a, what is this, a Corinthiosaurus, maybe? Um, I mean, it's it's like all across the board. Like, everybody is like 100% certain as to what it is in their own mind. So I, I don't know. Nobody's wrong at this point. We we don't know what it is. We have no uh, confirmation. We see a bunch of like, looks like D batteries and, and eyeball and like uh, a bunch of bracelets on that guy's hand. Um, <laughs> so there's no real confirmation as to what's going on here. Like, I, I have no clue. Is that Colin doing that with all those those? bracelets i don't know no that's not colin okay um but it you know it, it it's um it looks to be a smaller dinosaur right it could be could be a, a baby dinosaur a young dinosaur 
Uh, it, it, it could be a, it seems like it's an herbivore or something like that. Most likely, I would assume. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of tongue movement. If you guys haven't seen this, I'm just kind of describing it for you. Um, the eyeball kind of just rotates around a little bit and does a, a bit of blinking. Um, and it's kind of like, um, what would you call that collar for the eye? Um, kind of just like, like a, uh, a, a rusty yellow? color. Or a, uh, yeah. Something like that. Orangey, yellow, something in there. Um, to me, like, I, I kind of think it looks, uh, which is weird. I, I don't know why they would do it, but it, it kind of looks like Stiggy or a Pachy, uh, rhinosaurus. Oh, no, not yeah. Pachy rhinosaurus, Pachycephalosaurus, something along those lines, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, people, I actually, um, put a tweet out, uh, this happened on December 13th and I said, oh, what do you think it is? And, uh, let me run through some of these real quick just so we get, have an idea. Uh, Taylor Bowes says Stiggy. Uh, Lewis Lee says Packy or Oviraptor. Uh, Jurassic Soul says Stiggy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Derek, uh, says Pachycephalosaurus. Um, uh, a lot of people are saying Pachycephalosaurus. Uh, Carson Cox says Oviraptor uh, as well. Uh, Dragon Illustrations 3, Draco Rex. Um, yeah, we're getting a lot of the same stuff. Uh, somebody, Terry here says Protoceratops. Um, I was kind of, at first I was thinking, you know, this could be like a baby Triceratops. Um, it kind of has that look to it. And I feel like um, with that with that tongue motion, right, with that tongue movement, I feel like it's it could be something like that. Where have we seen that much like tongue movement on a dinosaur in these movies, do you do you have any I idea? Mean, I, Has it been I, like a like like I feel like the Triceratops had a lot of tongue movement in the first movie. Um, sure, uh, but else? don't they build in these tongues like on all these animatronics whenever they do build them? Like just because it was the focus of this previs sure image doesn't necessarily mean that like the tongue is going to be like the hero of the character. No, 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 you no, know, like, no. But I, I mean like even the, uh, uh, what, what, what did it actually narrow down to be the Sinoceratops in Fallen Kingdom? Like there was that whole licking, you know, feature, like the, the starring role of that tongue on that. Well, dinosaur. <laughs> that's true. And the T-Rex has an animatronic tongue in the lost sure, world sure, sure, in the yeah. waterfalls. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Tongues just seem kind of be kind of to be the thing that kind of sells an animatronic animal. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that this thing is a herbivore, so it's probably going to be eating some kind of plant material, right? Like, cause it's whenever you put these herbivores on the screen, it's like kind of like all they can do is like eat and be kind of dumb. Um, you know, so yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I, people are like really excited about the, the dinosaur in the background, which I don't yeah, really know what yeah. there is to get, but what's to get excited about. It's just a, it's a Raptor, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking, but everybody's kind of um, talking about, I think, the scale of the dinosaur and saying how things don't necessarily line up. But honestly, to me, it just looks like um, it just looks like a raptor. I, I don't think there's any way around that. Wait, um, what do you mean the, the scale things? The scale of what? The scale of if, if they were to produce, um, you know, a, a dinosaur for the movie. What would the scale of that dinosaur look like? Would it be that size that you see in the background there, which is compy sized? I believe it looks pretty small. Ooh, um, it looks like or, a, that looks like a drawing. Is that just not actually like a product? Is it, it? It does look. It does look like it is almost like a mold. Um, no, it looks like, like a, a screen a metal, grab of like a CG model. 
like with like a standard like shader on it it could be i mean it very well could be um like a uh uh, you know a a dinosaur on a stick you know kind of like a piece of paper on a stick or something um but it kind of a lot of people are thinking it's like it's like the mold of a, a a casting of a, a you know a dinosaur for the movie. I I just think if it is a casting, it's just for like a, a small statue or or you know something for lighting or something that small. I don't think it's for you know I don't think it's not a raptor. I think it's a raptor, and for some reason it just looks smaller. Um, not a baby. It's not a baby scale or anything like that. So, because it doesn't look anything like the baby scale, you know, of, of blue and the rest. Um, but it definitely is, it's in the raptor pose. I don't think there's any way around it. No, and it's got the big hands. And like, yeah. we've seen, we've seen photos of drawn of like previous exactly like this when like you see like how the, how McCreary was going to like fit inside the suit or whatever. Like we've seen this exact thing before. So I don't know why everyone's like getting like all I shouldn't say been out of shape. Like they're getting like unnecessarily excited. Like this is just something I, I think it's just literally like a, uh, not even like a prop. I think it's like a, not a maquette. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a schematic or something. Like, I don't yeah. think this is really anything to get like crazy excited over. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's hard to tell. It's very small in the background. Um, it does look maybe about, let's see, going back here. Um, Maybe about two feet tall, two to three feet tall. No, not even that much. A foot and a half to two feet tall. Um, yeah. So it's pretty small. But if it is some sort of casting, it's it's. I don't think it's for like an actual film prop or anything like that. And if it's just literally just like you know a, a cardboard cutout of the raptor or something, I don't know. But it, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But um, to me, it just looks like a raptor. So that's exciting i guess i mean we know raptors are going to be in this uh, i don't know but what if this was the only movie that didn't have raptors well, hey i mean you, the you know final conclusion no no blue is it the final conclusion actually because that's uh, not even that's not even something i put on here today but there was there's the, rumors, the rumors flying from from we got this covered you know very reputable source out there um, saying that uh, another trilogy, you know, let's dive into it. Uh, I don't even remember what they said, but let me let me look up this this. No, we don't have. To, we we just they just basically said that there's going to be another trilogy, you know, headed by Trevorrow, and they were trying to get the main cast from the original films back. Was in it, it and the it, originals was or was it? Because like, I'll be honest, I didn't even really look into it. Yeah, was it the originals so it basically or the, the said, new cast. Well, it was going to star like Chris Pratt again, and I think they said Bryce Dallas Howard. But then, like they were saying that they were hoping that the original cast from '93 was going to like want to reprise their roles again. So, and, and here's let, a title that I just read: Can we expect Jurassic World three to blast off into space? So that's how much you should trust this source. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, let's, let's just what? let's not even do the dil- the due gil- diligence of like researching this article because honestly, like the source is absolutely ridiculous. So let's yeah, just talk yeah. about, let's just talk about a third Jurassic trilogy and what that, what that would entail. All right. So a third Jurassic trilogy. Well, that just basically is going to be the aftermath of whatever this Jurassic world is. Right. And would they go away from the branding that they've created Jurassic world? I don't think so. 
So we're going to have nine movies. We're going to have an original Jurassic Park trilogy. And then what? We're going to have a Jurassic World six movie deal. That's just so weird and oversaturated. And I think that where we're headed now, I feel like, look, finish up this Jurassic World trilogy. Let it breathe for another you know, three years. Although, see, they let these movies breathe for three years as it is. Um, but I just think that like after this one, we just need to regroup and we need to think about what is Jurassic Park about and maybe like hone it down again. Like they did a great job of doing that in Jurassic World. And I think now we've gotten a little bit of too fantastical with Fallen Kingdom. And so I think we'll kind of keep heading in that direction. And I think after this next movie, we just all need like everyone, the crew needs to just like chill out and like hone it down again. And to, you know, cause I don't want this to go into space or to cross over with the fast and the, like, I don't want that stuff. That stuff's no. like crazy to me. So, you know, let's just, let's just chill out and let's just see what this new one has to offer before we start talking about a new trilogy. Sure. I mean, look, it's kind of obvious statements in a way. It's like these three movies, uh, two movies so far have been very profitable. Uh, they've done great business for universal. So, we we have a third film coming in 2021 and they're thinking what's next and this is not even considering the article whatsoever but like universal's end like what are they thinking what's next in line well should we just continue on the story with the people we have why not let's do that check that off the list and and just move forward from there and i think that's probably the obvious um you know outline in their minds so if this article does have some sort of source that says that then I think it's just stating the obvious is they're going to continue something. They're honestly Universal has a few you know big contenders for you know properties and stuff like that. But do and they really? A few like 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 you know like um um uh you know well the Fast Jura and Furious <laughs> Fast and Furious and Jurassic. That's about it. I mean there's probably something else in there somewhere. Well, but they have their animated stuff, which does. Really yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm. But that's what like I mean. Like, action. there's a, a few. There's a few, and it's Jurassic and and Fast and Furious, and and if you're gonna, you're not liter you're literally not gonna just say, we're done. We're done with Jurassic, right? Even if Colin's done, we'll say, or or the cast is done. There's no way that Universal's gonna let the ball drop and not produce any more movies. This is not 2001. Uh, you know, back after Jurassic Park three and, you know, the film didn't do as well as the other two. It's it's this is not that time period in, in, in the world right now. We can't no, let things die. You know, right. when something we doesn't really do won't. well, you let it rest for two years and then you reboot it. Talk about Spider-Man, you know, like look at Spider-Man. They they you know, they did a whole trilogy and then didn't that third one didn't end very well. And then, you know, they're like, well, let's try it again with some new people, throw some more blood in there. And then, no, that didn't work for two movies. And hey, let's do some more. So, you know, they're not going to let it die. Like, it, it will not die. So I think it's fairly obvious to say that something else will happen. Um, whether it's with Colin or Chris or Bryce or the old cast, um, that's to be foreseen. I, I honestly think they should just, you know, just start fresh you know and and maybe that means this movie ends with the whole world becoming jurassic um which is the obvious end point i think um but i don't know maybe i mean we've talked about this sure before where 
you know, this movie ends with kind of like being a Planet of the Apes type situation. And I'm actually okay with, because we didn't get too much of that in this trilogy. I'm actually okay with another trilogy set maybe 20 years in this like dystopian future. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, and and actually do kind of a, a Planet of the Apes. Like just just basically admit to it. Like it's it's basically going to be Planet of the Apes with with dinosaurs minus talking please minus talking uh dinosaurs but you know i i think i'd be okay with that um you know right now it seems a bit weird to kind of like rush that and i think they've been having issues with and we, we're going to talk about this later i'm sure with like the motion comics but they're having issues filling in a gap between the second well between the fifth and the sixth movie um and i'm almost wondering if like the sixth movie still isn't going to be where Trevorrow originally wanted to go um, for whatever reason. So we'll find out. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, and why don't we just continually uh, natural progress? Well, what am I saying here? Continue to naturally progress here um, and go to those motion comics. Um, so if you guys have been paying attention at all on social media or YouTube or anywhere, um, Jurassic World, Universal have... Um, produced some some motion comics so it's essentially exactly as it sounds it's a comic uh you know a few page layout essentially that is put into motion and kind of animated a little bit here and there not nothing too too crazy um there's a lot of voice acting and um you know sound effects and and music and stuff like that um but it's just like you know essentially panels from a comic just kind of brought to life a little bit um so they have been debuting these uh, over you know a, a few Fridays, uh, how many did it did they total out with? Well, there's uh, four, four now, right? Yeah, it ended with Big Rock, and there's gonna be a sure. there's gonna be a fifth one. No, no, I don't know, man. I don't think so. The fourth one ends on a cliffhanger. It ends saying the end. Did we? It it did we does not see the same end. It says it it ends it tr no we saw the same end. That's the problem. We saw the same end. It's a complete cliffhanger more than any of the other episodes, but it says the end. <laughs> Dude. Uh, that's what is it, like literally we start this conversation with our minds boggled. Like that's how bad. Unfortunately, I hate to say that. I really do. But um, that's how bad these things turned out. It's just not good. I don't. Okay. Well, we, we need to start off by, I need to start off by saying I dislike this. I dislike this medium on anything. I don't okay. I don't like this medium when Marvel does it and arguably Marvel should be like the best right this this motion comic thing sure, like look, sure, yeah. be a comic book or be an animation don't be don't be a weird middle thing um, you know and it's, so it's, it's kind of like it, you know when you're reading you know the you, you're, you're subscribed to like you know one of those comic book subscriptions um, you would assume it, it could be something like that like it's just taking it to the next level but like I don't know. Just yeah, just be like one of those comic book sub subscriptions where you can just go across the panel and just kind of move from from panel to panel without the motion and everything. Yeah, it, it's so weird. So number one, I don't like this medium um, in general. Number two, I I can't I couldn't really tell you because I stay clear of this medium. But was this was this a good iteration of the medium? Like was this like in your opinion were, no. were these done well? No. No, that's the problem. And I um 
like I, I, I couldn't even at first I couldn't even tell what their main purpose was because like at the end of the first one with the Mosasaur, they're like, oh, and go buy the Mosasaur toy by Mattel, which like it had all the same graphics that like we were supplied with when we did like the Mattel reviews stuff. So like mm-hmm. it, it was so weird. It just was like this like they just cutouts of like toys that were like used in the that corresponded with like the dinosaurs in the episodes, which yeah. is fine. But like some of those toys you can't even like get on the shelves anymore. Um, and yeah, then... it's funny because at the time that this Mosasaurus one aired, that was one of my complaints is like it ends with that. It says Dino Rivals, uh, which I still don't think that Mosasaurus has ever been branded as Dino Rivals. And well, no. we're, al- we're already past the Dino Rivals release period. And uh, that Mosasaurus was, wasn't even in stores during that period where this thing was released. And since then, I will say I, I was at Target the other day and there was a bunch of Mosasaurs. They actually just got a new shipment um, and the packaging looked pretty great. It was a little bit different than it used to be. Oh, um, really? Yeah, just a tad, not not much, um, but uh, not Dino Rivals still. So, yeah, but this this is very weird. And I, I, I can't say that this was a good representation of the medium, um, but... It's it's very odd, and it was just one of those things. It was it just popped up on November 29th, so this was probably shortly after we recorded uh, the wire last uh, last month, and it it was kind of surprising. Like, oh hey, and I got excited. I honestly got excited when I saw that uh, you know motion comic episode one, and it was called A Rising Tide, and it, this one centered around um, which we come to learn is kind of like an ongoing story. It, it's this this. Um, a reporter that's kind of reporting on uh, these attacks. So you get to see that attack from the end of Falling Kingdom uh, with the Mosasaurus, you know? It's like <laughs> it's so... you, you get to see how awesome that attack was, right? Dude, but right? okay. It starts with she's like a reporter, and from the outside, like when she goes outside, you can tell she is like in like middle America, right? So mm-hmm. she's nowhere near Hawaii. And no. then it's you see like, oh, this breaking news in Oahu, the the Mosasaurus like swam from Isla Nublar all the way to Hawaii, and it's just basically a continuation of that one shot in Fallen Kingdom where the Mosasaurus like comes up on the beach. But like, there's one, there's no new information. We know all of this information. Two, she's like, oh, now I'm gonna go research more, and she drives. Where does she drive to? Does she drive to Oahu? Like, what is going I, on? I she's like, she's I got to get in my car and go research the Mosasaurus. Like, I think she's just no driving sense. home. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird. And then she's like, don't let the kids get on the internet. It's like, wait, have, do the kids not know what dinosaurs are? And like, the yeah, kids are like so, really excited to see dinosaurs, which in the very first Jurassic World movie, we're told that kids don't care about dinosaurs anymore. So like, not only one, I do, I'm, I, I don't mean to complain on this, but like it was so mind-boggling. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm stumped. I'm stupefied over these things. They offer no new information. Yeah. All they do is is branch off of things we've already seen. Like they explain things like in way weirder detail. Like oh, the pteranodons in Las Vegas. Like it wasn't enough. Like we we didn't. It wasn't enough to see that one shot in the movie. But now like we need to watch them just half-heartedly terrify people on the streets of of the strip like it was so weird and then they kind of like recap 
they kind of recap Battle at Big Rock, which like all of a sudden they know the names of the dinosaurs. Like, oh, it was an Allosaurus and a new Pseudoceratops. Like, like what? Like, where did they get this information from? Did they happen to find the one kid that knew the names of the animals? It's so weird. It's so yeah. weird. Look, I mean, when this thing starts off, you know, it, it gives you that whole um, Ian Malcolm quote from the end of the movie. So it's setting the 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 stage to be pretty cool. And and when you when you see this thing start, and you're like, oh, this is this is going to cover the Mosasaurus attack, and then we're going to see we're probably going to end up seeing all these different attacks, which, I mean, that's a great idea. Like, that is honestly a, a pretty cool idea. But the way they executed it is just so poor. And the amount of uh, problems that, that are in these episodes, like, ish, like literally issues with the editing, with the audio recording, with cool. the ed- like the uh, visuals in the background. There's so many issues outside of Jurassic. Like, that doesn't even... Honestly, my issues those are those are minimal. The Jurassic issues are minimal for me compared to the issues surrounding the work put into this project. Well, and it's so weird because, like you said, like oh, there's a lot of voice acting, right? Well, like one, every dinosaur on screen has one sound effect. So, like the the T Rex episode, like we kind of pick up in the zoo, and the T Rex roars at least ten times, but it's the <laughs> same like canned roar. The same one when we know that there's a library of like, you know, let's say 20 variations, right, of the Mm -hmm. animal. And so it's weird that they didn't have access to that. And then like a lot of the people like when they're talking don't sound like they're in the same space. No, that's the real big problem, man. And like when people there's there's yelling that happens, but it's like it's like not it's like whoever was in the sound booth, like had like a next door neighbor or something and like couldn't yell. So it's like, if I'm like, I don't know, let's say there's a dinosaur attacking you, right? I would like yell. I'm not going to do it because I, I have a neighbor and I don't want to blow out your ears, mm-hmm. right? But like, yeah. I would yell, Brad, there's a there's a thing in the, there's a dinosaur in your room. But like, this guy's like, Brad, there's a dinosaur in your room. Brad, Brad. It's like, yeah. it's not, there's no, it's, he, no yeah. urgency. It's so weird. There's no, I mean, the acting aside, like, I don't know what the, what the choices were, what the directing was behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, the, like you had mentioned, the audio quality of these recordings, that was a big issue for me because there's such drastically different quality in terms of like, it sounds like one person recorded it on their f- cell phone in a car. It sounds like somebody else recorded it in a booth, like a nice booth. It sounds fine. Other people, it sounds like they just recorded against a, a a tin wall or something like. So it really sounds very different, and you're not matching the tone of where you are. Like if they are out in the on the beach, like it it doesn't sound like they're talking out on a beach. It sounds like they're talking on their phone into you know in a car or something. It, it's really poorly executed in that sense, and. I hope that's not the way it was recorded because it really does sound like it was. And well, it's um, so weird because you mentioned it like that. Like we've done projects on yeah. the podcast where, you know, we've gotten audio from different podcast members. Right. And like, yeah, it's always a little different because we're all around the world. We're using different setups. Sure. But this sounds like, but we're also, we're not professionals. Like, sure. But I would say, 
I would say any of the content that we've done audio drama wise is is leaps and bounds above what this what was. This was? Yes. yes, yes. Um and and you know, that's a shout out to Arjun who mostly does all of those. Um we've done a few separately, but like he produces those you know, so excellent. Ex- what am I trying to say? Excellently. Excellently, um, but like, so yeah, that's the problem. I... Look, we're not we're not all that professional here either. Uh, either I'm I'm stumbling, I'm coughing, uh, audio's dropping out. So we we do with what we can, deal with what no, we no, can no. here. But but no, hear me out. Like my 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 thing is not to pick on like this the stuff we've done here. No, what no, I'm saying no. Is like when you when you listen to me and you talk, there's an audio difference, right? Because yeah. I'm on a different setup. I don't have necessarily the uh, the sound like foam, like in my room, like you do. So like when you hear us, you can definitely tell that we are on two different like setups. That should not be the case for a professionally paid for motion comic. It doesn't no. make any sense to me. No. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why. And uh, when it comes to the, di- the directing of this thing, it really feels like um, there wasn't much. There's a lot of gaps, aw- awkward, really awkward gaps in between uh, the dialogue, whether it's person to person or, you know, somebody just talking to like to themselves or reporting. Like sometimes yeah. the reporter will be like, and we see something. Hold on a second. And then there's like a long gap. And then they're like, seems like we've got some issues down. In- and it's like, I don't understand the editing, you know, they're they're trying to cram a lot of content into three minutes and they're wasting all these beats and all these times like with weird editing cues and stuff like that. And I don't understand the editing side of things. <laughs> um, well, and, like, um, and just when there needs to be when there doesn't need to be motion, there's like characters that are just kind of like floating and like wobbling around like because it's sure. like, well, it's a motion comic, yeah. so they have to do something. And then like when they talk like, look, I get it. They cannot animate mouth movements for every single word. But, like, the mouths don't move at all. And the eyes just get, like, bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. And there's no, like, holding frames. They're just, like, it's, like, there's nothing to, like, hold a position and then drastically, like, go back. It's just basically, like, one keyframe every, like, ten frames or whatever and like everything just looks floaty. If you're if you do animation, you sure. kind of know what I'm saying. But like like holding poses is like not a thing in this motion comic. It's very weird. No, yeah, there's it's very fluid. Like some of the aspects of the the humans, but like you're saying, not everything else is moving. So it just looks really awkward. And some of the faces are just like, why did you make them look so uh, constipated or whatever? <laughs> it is? Like they literally look like really messed up these people sometimes and i i don't know why i don't know what the choice was there um and, and other the times with the with the triceratops and the ankylosaurus there's sure. like no dialogue it's just that's it's just and, animals going and honestly i think that's probably one of the best episodes is because the dialogue <laughs> no. is missing because the dialogue's not there and and it, it and it gives them an opportunity to do some interesting things it's like hey all right we're seeing something that's a little different we're not seeing the same old stuff that we We've already seen that you're not telling us anything new. Um, we're seeing these two dinosaurs that we've never seen fight before. So to me, that was that was cool. Like I, I'm I'm at least looking for some good in these in these you know sure. bad quality content. Um, and and that was some of the good stuff. So I think I think there is some good stuff in in here. But um, you know when when they're doing stuff like uh, honestly, some of the some of the words are cut off. Like it, it's literally cutting off their words. And I'm like what. What did you do that for? Like, why did you cut off the dialogue? 
with the editing instead of having the actor cut off their words. Um, you know, if I was if I was to get interrupted and be like, you know, I could do that naturally. But instead, it sounds like they're using the editing to cut off words. And it, it just sounds very awkward. Um, but I think, like I said, I think there is some some good stuff in here. And one of the good things I always point out is the music, which is not anything to do with this motion comic. It's just music from Jurassic and mostly Giacchino. And it sounds, <laughs> yeah, it sounds I mean, good. It G- sounds good. Giacchino did a real good job scoring yeah, that motion comic. I, I, I know. Mean. I know. The use of Giacchino's music was was good. I liked it. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes it helped ramp up the, the tension and all that. I will say, you know, the... The Dinosaur Crossing, which was the second one uh, with the Ankylosaurus and the Triceratops, I did enjoy that. I thought that was fun. I, it was I something it, different and new. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't really care too much about the 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 overuse of the audio cues from the dinosaurs. That didn't bug me really all at all. Um, I I thought it was fun to see these like you know unique versions of these dinosaurs come to life. Uh, even though they're just doing the same motions over and over again. Um, I did think that there was some tension in this scene. And, you know, you know, I, I kind of learned um, I liked actually the beginning of that one where, you know, they're showing the the nationwide state of emergency. So it's weird that, like, the story is a bit disjointed in terms of, like, when things take place. This is another going back to the issues. This is another issue that I have with what they're doing right now. You know, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, uh, you know, we have the entirety of Fallen Kingdom. You know, the dinosaurs get out uh, of Lockwood Estate, right? And I, in my mind, I'm just assuming naturally that these these take place somewhat, you know, recently after that that breakout, right? Like the the Mosasaurus, the Pteranodons. Um, was that it? I, I don't remember. Um, and I, you know, I'm assuming they take place. Oh, and the T-Rex at the zoo. Um, I'm assuming they take place pretty quickly after that incident. Um, and then Battle at Big Rock comes around and tells us that Battle at Big Rock is the first major human dinosaur interaction since that breakout, which was a year ago at that point. So we've already traversed an entire year and there's been no major uh, dinosaur human interactions. So what are these? What are these? Because as far as this is telling us, this is that natural progression is we get that Mosasaurus. We get this, um, you know, uh, Ankylosaurus and uh, Triceratops battle. And then we get the uh, Pteranodons and there was something, oh, the T-Rex thing. Like, so these things are happening subsequently. And then at the end, the the fourth version, the, the fourth iteration is the battle at Big Rock reporting. So what is going on with this storytelling? Like, did did big rock how is big rock the first uh you know dinosaur human interact interaction if all this other stuff happened and mosasaurus is eating humans uh maybe i don't even know i think the real answer is that this i mean this isn't canon right like trevorrow hasn't said anything about them has he i don't think he has i yeah i don't know i don't think so he's said nothing about them and we already know that he's pretty much a stickler for like if he didn't produce it he's considering it quote unquote soft canon so like these these again they just kind of don't matter right like which i guess is like why if if these things aren't going to be canon like let's go nuts let's find out what's going on in russia with the guys that bought the dinosaurs and headed out there like we there could have been other buyers that took animals around the world like let's not keep dwelling on these same like four incidents that happened in 
the Western United States. Like, let's let's go nuts. Let's see the Jurassic sure. World. You know, uh, maybe they're saving that. You know, for for the for movie. The film. Sure, you know that but... that makes sense. But like, I, I'm like I said, I'm not opposed to this idea. I think this was a great idea, a, a pretty effective idea. Um, you know, to showcase those those very quick scenes that at the end of Fallen Kingdom, we, we all sat there and we're like, oh, we saw those. We saw most of those moments in the trailer. So I thought there was going to be more. Like I, I sat in Fallen Kingdom and I thought, oh, man, I really am kind of bummed that we didn't get to see what the Mosasaurus did. We literally saw the entire sequence in the trailer. So I, I was I was I felt pretty promising that this was going to show us what happened. And it really didn't show us all that much. It just showed a lot of reporting, awkward reporting. Uh, some beach bros that were like, oh my God, dude, what happened? I don't even know. Oh, you, know? you just did a better job than the actual actor, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's and it's weird. I, I don't know, man. It's it, And what do you think about the, the fact that this is a nationwide state of emergency? Um, do you think that's a little outlandish? Do you think that that's accurate? What do you think about that? Yes, it's totally outlandish and crazy yeah. like yeah. no one calls a, a nationwide state of emergency when a when a shark attacks someone on a beach right which is essentially what the mosasaurus is it's just a big shark um yeah i will say yeah. this when everyone's like oh i want to see the mosasaurus do its thing i'm like well isn't the mosasaurus kind of just a one-trick pony it like pops up out of the water and like grabs someone but honestly like if they t if they made this thing move like a like an orca have you ever seen orcas in those documentaries like beach themselves to catch seals and stuff? It's oh, terrifying. Gosh. Like why why not do that in a movie where this where this mosasaurus like basically just washes itself off onto the beach to like start grabbing yeah. people? I mean, I think the answer is cuz that's just crazy violent. Um sure. but it would be crazy cool. It'd be crazy cool. Uh you know, it would be and I I I was kind of hoping for a little bit more when it came to the T-Rex story. Um I didn't think it was terrible i thought it was yeah oh, okay it was a little a step yeah, above but... a step above that but i thought it was it was interesting we actually did get a few extra scenes of the t-rex uh what was going on there but um you know the fact that at some point in this in this motion comic in the t-rex one the third episode um a bunch of helicopter helicopters are scrambled uh out to intercept this t-rex and we see like a uh, uh, a cargo helicopter, like one with the dual props, um, and we see like two other attack helicopters, and they you can see they have like missiles on the side of them in, in this in this comic, and I I'm I was flabbergasted, and I didn't even know what was happening in this comic when this cargo plane is attacking it with a slab of concrete is that it was i seeing that right is that what Dude, that I don't was know. it was so incredibly it was weird. A, it's either and a, no it might be a, even a box with a tarp over it i don't even know what it is that episode what is happening so out of it because like i said the sound was so weird like like look when i was home for the holidays i picked up the command and conquer uh carnotaurus because i was able to get okay. my hands on one and there's more sounds in that toy sure that are accurate there's more sounds in that toy than there were in that entire episode Let's uh let's take Love a listen here. Let me, let me let me see here what we got going on. So we got uh, T Rex here. I I will say that that panel that I just did uh, was pretty. I actually really enjoyed that. It kind of switches from like the control center of the zoo, and you see like some cutouts of the employees, and then it it, it cuts to like 
this T-Rex bursts out of the side of the screen and it shakes and it's kind of it's this render that we've kind of seen before of the Rex and uh, you know just kind of animated but um, I really like that I think it looks pretty cool and then it swipes pretty quickly to back to like the control center of the zoo I, I actually think that was pretty cool looking um, but yeah that that was at least the sound of one let's let's skip forward here uh, the lions are going back in their pens same yep same cue what is that? A pile of same cue. Same cue. It's the same thing over and over. It's so weird. See if those birds can force it down into the ravine and get it away from the population. Why are they forcing it down? Why are they not just lighting it up? I I I don't understand. Like, that's a problem with with the scenario that they've built here uh, with this sequel is is letting these dinosaurs out and not unfortunately just mowing them all down. Like, cause that you know that is probably what would be happening, right? Like, I don't think the government would really be like, we have to be gentle with these creatures. No, and like, this has been, this is what I've been saying since like, since forever. Like, once these things get out of the mainland, it's not interesting because we have technology that can take all these things down. Like, look, I know in the book, they go into this whole thing that like Muldoon had all these crazy weapons, right that like the raptors were still like it was like bouncing off the raptors or something but like the book to me isn't like solidified in the real world whereas like the movies they're for all intents and purposes they're they're dinosaurs in the real world which is why sure. like the san diego sequence works for me because it was the t-rex escaping was so unexpected no one knew it was even coming and san diego was just ill-prepared for an animal of that size right yeah. like they sent in like animal control like who's looking for like dogs you know and well that's what that that was what was happening here it was like this park ranger was communicating with the helicopter for some some odd reason um but not but there's these three at, helicopters like, these three helicopters can easily these are two of them are like apaches mm -hmm. they can easily take down a t-rex like this is not a problem yeah, but we got a big slab of something. We might as well hit it with the Rex, uh, hit the Rex with it, and and end this whole problem right here and now. But that's not what happens, you know. The Rex uh, tram, uh, stampedes off, and and we do end up uh, with a finale here. It's so which, weird. Which is weird. Like I, I, I didn't have again. I, I kind of like I really hated on the first one. The second one, I was like, okay, okay, whatever. The third one, I was like, okay, I don't really like this again. And the fourth one, I'm like, eh, it's kind of in the middle here. Um, I kind of liked some of the aspects of the the fourth one with like, uh, what was it? Was it? What was it? I thought the Allosaurus looked cool. Oh, the, in the fourth one. Oh yeah, I I thought that looked pretty cool. I actually liked the uh uh animate uh, the way they animated the Allosaurus. I you know it kind of looks a little goofy and it's like its limbs are moving all over the place. But I kind of liked that. I don't know why. I just kind of I thought it looked pretty uh, intimidating. Uh, so I thought that was cool. And I will say again, the music in this one. Like here, let, let me just uh, so oh, let me go back a little bit. You got like this music Rex? here, which is pretty intense, and they're kind of trying to track down the thing, Rex. and she's like getting the safety. So it, it is pretty intense, like it. But it, that that is a hundred percent due to that music, like. So you, you can't really get around that. These things have like Mattel at the end of this. Yeah. Do you think that like, do you think Mattel? But see, why why wouldn't this be on the Mattel, like, this should have been on the Mattel 
yeah my YouTube don't know. channel instead of like the, you know because here's the thing I'm almost wondering like everything that they're selling is almost like stuff they released earlier this year and without there being a movie there was nothing to really push toys this Christmas yeah so like was this kind of the way to be like hey we have to like sell some backstock for the holidays I mean, maybe um so let's I make this possible. like weird motion comic so let's see here. Let me look at this uh, video page here. I want to see what's going on with these numbers. So because I'm assuming that Jurassic World has a larger following than Mattel. All right. Uh, let me let me get back to that. But we have um, the first episode, 929,000 views. That's pretty good. That's really good. Uh, second one, huge drop off, 136. We go back up uh, again to 935,000. And then a big drop off again, back to 141,000 views. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there with those back and forth numbers. Uh, the Jurassic World account has 648,000 subscribers. Right. And uh, let's go here to the end of this video and click through because I think they have. No, no, they don't even have. See, this is the problem. If this is an advertisement for Mattel, the only thing they're doing is putting the image there not there's no link there's no like click through to Mattel's account click through to anything um uh, maybe there's a there's a no that's for Jurassic World um and even in the uh the uh, description box here there's no links to anything Mattel it's so weird none, none whatsoever so i i don't i don't know what i don't know what's going on here uh so Mattel Mattel's account here has Oh, yeah, way less, 102,000. So, yeah, that's a big difference. Or or even the the Mattel Action, uh, which is probably the more verified account here, 413,000. So that's uh, a bit below as well, uh, like 200,000 below. Um, so I, I honestly don't know. I And that's what my one of my big questions was, was why? Why is this happening? Why is this a thing? And, um, you know, what are they trying to do here? What are they trying to tell? Uh, and, and the fact that this this last one ends, it, it's you know it, it happens shortly after Battle at Big Rock. The reporter is uh, actually out on the scene this time, and 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 gets stuck inside of a tree. It's the only way to escape this Allosaurus. And then the it just fades out, and it just ends with the end when each of the other ones said to be continued. So oh, it it says it the literally end the bottom it right literally corner? says the end. Yeah, it literally says the end. Um, so. I I don't know what's happening here, man. I really don't know. <laughs> so weird. I don't. Know. I just feel it, like it I is feel the like only one that some, that. If, like if it was something they were taking seriously, they would have been. They would have like hyped it up like at least a week or two before. But they like shadow <sighs> dropped the first one. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, look. Obviously, this this shouldn't like be released to some kind of like Netflix fanfare or something because I don't think this. I think the Netflix show will be miles better. Oh, quality yeah, yeah, especially yeah. but like no no twitter no nothing just it was a shadow drop like here it is and then like i was talking to you and like people were already talking about it in like a few of my like chats and stuff and i was like wait what like what what is this and then i was just like oh it's something like i'm not even into it because i don't like motion comics and then sure and then i did watch them to kind of like be able to talk about it but they're so weird they're so weird i don't know yeah, I, I wish I knew what the reasoning was and what it was like behind the scenes. Um, it's just, it, it's now, unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And I, I, I will say, I really hate to say this about this. Like, I, 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 I don't 
like actively try to say good things about Jurassic. I just try to say things that are close to my heart with Jurassic and and for the most part I like like everything they do. Like I'm I'm cool with everything they do. Um and this was just really it, it really hit me hard in the other direction and I, I just I just thought, you know, with with like like we were saying earlier, the content that we produce here and knowing a lot about editing audio and working with video and stuff like that. Um, and I just think that this could have been much better done than what they produced. So I, I don't thing. know what happened. Even at this quality, if they would have come out, let's say in November and been like, look, every month, just one episode a month until the release of Jurassic World 3, we're right. going to do an episode of different events happening around the world that would have been what 24 no like 18 episodes once a month of something different but this was like just recaps of things we already knew like i would have been super jazzed even at the even at the low threshold of quality i would have been super excited to tune in once a month to get a new story that was going to take me into jurassic world 3 i think that's a great idea i mean honestly you know, we've been saying that a lot about Big Rock. You know, it's it would be nice to get multiple Battle at Big Rock style shorts where we get to see other interactions and stuff. And I, I don't know, I mean, man. I fill me in. Like, what what has Alan? What's Grant been doing? You know, mm -hmm. like what's he up to right now? Like, what's his thoughts? It doesn't have to be voice acted by Sam Neill, but no, like, no, you can you could just give me something. This this was something. I mean we're it's weird right because we're always asking like give us more give us more give us more and then they give us more and it's like wait what <laughs> well <laughs> because so the problem is it, it feels like they didn't even try and they didn't put any effort in and i know look i know people worked on this and maybe they gave it their all that that's probably a, a true sentiment there but i i i don't know i feel bad because someone else didn't do their job or didn't perform their duties correctly and and it just it shows and i think you know, we, we try to be uh, truthful here when it comes to a lot of Jurassic content, truthful to the content, truthful to our own thoughts and feelings. And this just was not it didn't it like hit any of the marks for us. And, um, I, you know, I, I kind of have been trying to keep track of the reactions. And I personally have heard a lot of bad uh, from people around the community. But I've also heard a lot of people enjoying these. And I I, I don't you know. All power to you guys. I guess you know it's sure. I, I don't know how to how to expand upon that, but apparently people really like them. You know, some people do, and I'm kind of scrolling through the YouTube comments here on the last one, and I can't find any bad comments, and that's odd for YouTube. Um, and and trust me, there's probably look there's 741 comments. I'm sure if I continue to scroll, I would find something bad, but just on the surface here. No, I, I really don't see anything that's all that negative. Um, and I, I I wonder, though, because I did see a lot of negative backlash and, and uh, you know, from community uh, member outlets and stuff like that, like us and others, that really were pretty critical about this thing. And, I, I mean, I don't know. This didn't feel like it should have been an end. So in my mind, I'm wondering, like, did they just can this project? Because that's really what it felt like. When I read the end on this, it felt like they were like, Look, let's just cut our losses. This it's done. This is it. Did that, did well, it feel like that to you? I mean, you didn't even know it was the end. But I didn't even know it was the end. Of, it I kind of want to mirror that sentiment. Like, I want to mirror that sentiment that I'm not really harping. I guess on on the artistry going into this, right? Like, obviously, 
whoever this team was was approached and bid you know probably against a couple other teams to create this content and they probably won the bid based on quality versus like how fast they promised they could do it you know versus how inexpensive they could do it um to me the fault in this lies with universal proper and whoever is their marketing on this franchise like this this felt like like yeah they were going to start something and then like the producers were unhappy with it so they just canned it in the middle or they canned it like before the final episode like like when yeah. Woody's going to jump off the cliff to go save all his woodland friends and it's like wait what what what's the what's the <sighs> actual end of this thing i don't know man if you know I, and you're you're talking about the artistry and all that and and you know i yeah i don't i don't think we can necessarily fault the, the people who created it so much because they're working with what they can unless they just got a, a group of people who've never done this before but i highly doubt that was the case um but you know they're working with what they can with the budget that they have received and unfortunately this is the project that they were able to uh create and that that goes a lot higher up than them so um you know the I mean fault lies uh, much higher up i guess I don't think this is like, you know, Colin Trevorrow has a nephew and wanted to make a motion comic. So he did. No. And then it got produced like like for me, like, you know, the Jurassic Park 3D poster where the T-Rex is. That's not the JP T-Rex. Like I'm 100 percent convinced that that was like someone's son did a (laughs) T-Rex model. And then like they're the dad has like enough clout to get that put on the poster. Right. (laughs) Like I'm convinced that's what that situation was. But like this isn't that this is obviously some professionals doing some work that were either like yeah slighted on time or something i don't it's so weird it it just yeah, i don't know i i can say that that's the case but i also can't justify it because you can you can produce something without having these these issues like we were talking about with the the editing issues of clipping the 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 dialogue and uh you know the 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 way these were recorded you know we have no budget here and this I, I like to think sounds okay, you know. It sounds pretty pretty okay. <laughs> um, but I you know, I think if you if you give, you know, a budget to something, it should sound a little bit better. Um and unfortunately it just didn't. And it it really makes me angry because I wanted this to be so good. And like I said, I think the concept is there. I think it's a good concept. And I have been talking about this. I thought this was a great idea, like after Battle at Big Rock, we've said time and time again that we'd like to see more of these dinosaur interactions and maybe they took that to heart and maybe they said here let's throw something out there um and i think they took it a little bit too much to heart because i literally said these words i said i don't i don't know the exact wording but i said in one of our battle at big rock uh discussions either here in the podcast or on youtube that the characters in battle at big rock i i, I don't know if it was with you maybe i said these things but i said one of them maybe one of them is a reporter Maybe one of them is a reporter and can go ahead and and report on all these incidents. And maybe we can follow this family around. And then I said, oh, you know what? Maybe the other one's a park ranger and we can follow them around. And 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 I said these things and now they're they're real. They're like they're real. I, and it boggles my mind because I said this on the podcast and it's sure it could be complete coincidence. But I'm just sitting here scratching my head because that is the same scenario that I kind of mapped out as we were conversating about battle at big rock is a reporter and a park ranger or a, uh animal control whatever that was um it, it it just is too similar it's eerily similar to the conversations we had and um yeah it, it happened so well, I, I don't know 
look, we know we know they listen and not necessarily yeah. specifically to this podcast. Right. But we know they listen because, I mean, I have asked for things on this podcast like I wanted Ian just in a courtroom thing, which I think is a pretty like standard general like desire. Sure, for sure, sure. They just want him to show up in like some kind of courtroom thing like Iron Man. I think that was a big topic of conversation for years. But then like, you know, I've wanted like black and red Carnotaurus in the movie and we got them right like which is why now every chance i get i'm just like give me full-size dilophosaurs because i'm just like look if if you anybody's do listening mention that a lot man i will say what? okay i get it now because you do mention that quite a bit <laughs> no i'm now i'm saying it because i'm just like well look yeah. i gotta be i gotta say it one time and, and get someone's attention <laughs> right like if they're out there listening i just gotta keep hitting at home and maybe they don't realize that it's the same guy saying it over and over and over again but like Emily Carmichael, she's easily gotten six or seven tweets in the last year about about full size Dilophosaurus. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That's that, too that poor funny. woman. Oh, that's too funny. Um, but yeah, I just I find it oddly uh, eerily similar, and I I don't understand how that happened, or maybe we're just on the same wave wavelength here. Um, but um, you know, I, I I hoped for a little bit more, but unfortunately well, we didn't get that, and it seems like it just is done and that's it and i don't know i don't know what's happening from here on out i guess nothing well it's funny because like like i said i didn't realize this was the end and so like i got to this and i was like oh at least it ends on a cliffhanger that kind of makes me a little excited for the next one but then it's like oh now it's just well that was a thing like yeah no no like no final episode or you know just no fanfare whatsoever just okay that was a thing cool and again it brings us back to that canon discussion where they uh, they need to create content that matters, and unfortunately, this doesn't. And they they made it not matter by creating the content that they did. They they created something pretty poor, which makes it not matter at all whatsoever. And uh, with no acknowledgement really outside of you know a few tweets, maybe I think on the official account, um, it's I don't it's even bad news. I don't even man. want to harp on the quality. I think that the marketing oh, I do. is just like <laughs> I do. Oh sure, but like <laughs> I, I can't even I cannot believe they didn't at all really say anything. Like like I said, this just felt shadow dropped. Like Look, I mean cats got I a ton know. of marketing and we all know how that's turning out. Dude, I want to see cats so bad. I have and, zero desire to actually see cats, <laughs> but I need to see the disaster that is Look, cats. You know what I'm saying? When I talk about the universal properties, I'm talking Jurassic, Fast and Furious, and Cats. There's no other ones out there. It's just I, I guess that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna put something out there, go nuts, right? Even if it's not great, like at least market it like you're proud of it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this didn't happen, but uh, I'm just confused all around. And I wish, uh, again, I'm repeating myself. I wish they would give us content to, that matters. You know that uh, we can officially say counts, and Colin is satisfied with it, and uh, you know, and it and it makes the fans happy. But uh, that didn't really happen this time around. So there's that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was the, we, we knew that kind of would be the bulk of the conversation here today. Um, our next topic is in relation to the production title, which, um, I believe it's Arcadia. I think there was a little bit more to it if I remember correctly, but Arcadia, they, they kind of, uh, came out as, you know, that's the production title. And we, we've heard about these production titles before. This is not, you know, it's not going to be called Jurassic World Arcadia or, or anything like that. Um, but uh, this is the production title that they're working with kind of behind the scenes and and all that to help move the production forward. So um, do you have any kind of insight on production titles at all? 
Um, this is a this is dicey for me. Like so, I'm googling no. right. I'm googling right now, like production titles of the movies that I've worked on, trying to figure out if like well, those were actual production titles, or sure. if well, I well, was... don't even yeah don't even mention those. We'll just talk about these ones that we specifically know with with Jurassic because let's even just narrow it down to the Jurassic World trilogy. We we've got Ebb Tide, uh, and that's what they were using for. Is Jurassic that official? World. Yeah, that's that's yeah that's official. It's uh, Ebb Tide. Okay. And uh, ancient futures for Fallen Kingdom, um, right? And and look, none of those were the titles, right? Not even close whatsoever. Like that, Fallen Kingdom and Ancient Futures, not alike. And Eptide is not Jurassic World. So we we can though look into what those titles, you know, could have meant in in some form or fashion. Um, and Arcadia is a, a cool one. It's actually I think the longer title is Arcadia Pictures Limited. Um, uh, this information comes from uh, Jurassic Outpost, so it's on their website. Uh, we'll, we'll try to throw a link in our show notes. But um, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty cool. I, I'm down for that. And as we know, in Fallen Kingdom, the uh, the boat that was in that movie was titled Arcadia. So that's right. uh, that's pretty interesting. There, um, I I don't know. I I you know we can't say for sure how this all ties into anything, but. I think it's uh, at least interesting to know that the working title is, you know, Arcadia Pictures Limited, um, but centering on Arcadia there. There's there's a lot. I think there's a lot to go off of. Um, and even like we were saying, Ebtide, it kind of refers to, you know, the Mosasaurus. Uh, you know, it's kind of got a, a hint at that. Mosasaurus yeah. played played a big role in, in Jurassic World, right? I mean, it was kind of the centerpiece of a, a bunch of different sequences, eating the shark, uh, eating uh, this the whatever her, her name was. Um, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, we're professional here. Um, and then, of course, eating the, the uh, Indominus Rex at the end and, and really being the one to save the day at the end of the story there. So that was a big deal. Yeah, it's like the ebb tide is like the danger in the water, kind of like it's the the ebb tide is like that tide that like pulls you back in, right? Like when you're at the beach and stuff. Is that sure. what? Yeah. Well, let, let let me look at here. Let me uh, let me see if there's any kind of uh, googling going on here for ebb tide. Well, um, I worked on I worked on Jurassic Park, and that one I worked on like the the 20th anniversary, and we did have a shot code for that. But honestly, like I'm googling it, and it doesn't look like it was released so i'm not going to talk about that one okay well here um, on google on google ebb tide or uh, wikipedia ebb tide the period between high tide and low tide when the sea level falls um so look i mean that specifically has no tie to it but when you take in uh you know when you're retrospectively looking at it you're like okay i can see they're talking about the sea there they're talking about water so the mosasaurus was such a huge role in that movie um, when it comes to ancient futures, um, now this is a, a, a different one. You, you, you look at that and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see too much going on there. Um, but I don't know. If you look up futures, it, it's, a, it's a term uh, when it comes to finance. Uh, so I'm going back to Wikipedia here. Um, let's see here. Uh, it's a, a standardized forward contract, a legal agreement to buy or sell something at a predetermined price at a specific or specified time in the future between parties not known to each other. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting right there too. 
between parties not known to each other. The asset uh, transacted is usually a commodity or a financial instrument. Uh, so yeah, but th I think that's pretty telling right there. So you know, before the production, uh, before the movie comes out, if this is something we knew about, which we did at the time, it, you know, it was kind of talked about. Um, and you know, if a lot of people were going out to sets and stuff like that, and you see these little signs that say "Ancient Futures." Um, you know, you can kind of Google stuff like this and just literally just go to Wikipedia and you see, okay, it's a it's a contract to buy or sell something uh, between two parties not known to each other. So then you take the full title, Ancient Futures, and you're like, well, ancient, um, you know, maybe that's referring to dinosaurs. And then you're like, well, okay, well, maybe this is the selling, uh, the buying and selling of dinosaurs. And that ties directly into Fallen Kingdom. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally does. So... You know, that kind of just leads me into thinking about uh, Arcadia, right? I mean, what does what does Arcadia mean for Jurassic World 3? A at this time, we don't know much of anything as far as what is what Jurassic World 3 is. Um, you know, we're recording, uh, I think, uh, you know, a month or, or a little bit more before the production, the, the production like ramps into full gear here. There's a lot of pre-production going on right now. And as we talked about before with the animatronic, there's a lot, obviously a lot of work going on behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, Wikipedia here uh, talking about Arcadia. Um, let's go here to uh, where is that quote? In European Renaissance arts, Arcadia was celebrated as an unspoiled, harmonious wilderness. I think that's a pretty neat, neat quote right there. Um, you know, it's talking about an unspoiled land, uh, a harmonious wilderness. And uh, that kind of, I feel like that could really relate to uh, the next, you know, the next movie here. Because, you know, the, the wilderness of California, I don't know, or, or somewhere in America, or... Um, in, in another country where there's certainly going to be dinosaurs out there, Russia, uh, Chile, I don't know, somewhere. Um, it, I think it's interesting to talk about this unspoiled territory. And when, when it comes to even Fallen Kingdom and the, the ship being titled Arcadia, um, you know, when we, when we, uh, know about the story for Fallen Kingdom, we, we are led to believe that these dinosaurs are going to be brought to unspoiled harmonious wilderness on this sanctuary island right yeah well it's yeah i mean of course like that was the goal and like, that was kind of the hope and you know i was thinking about this earlier um we're we're welcomed to jurassic world in the first movie you know she she looks at the she looks into the camera and she says welcome to jurassic world right and she's talking yeah. to the to the executives um and then we're again welcomed into a new Jurassic world by Jeff Goldblum at the end of the movie. He says, you know, welcome right to Jurassic world. And then we yeah. see all the chaos ensuing. So one, we need to be welcomed again in the third movie, right to the new Jurassic world. And that would have to be. Yeah. Okay. These, this trilogy has to end happily for one party and it's not going to be the humans right does it end happily for the dinosaurs because aren't these dinosaurs living in america and around the world aren't that is that kind of torture for them like isn't i that think kind so of i mean they're yeah i think they're they're going to be constantly targeted right like it's not their their homeland it's not like their safe place like i was thinking about that today like with the fact that they missed the opportunity to go to um uh 
the like oh my sanctuary, gosh, sanctuary island, sanctuary island. Yeah. yeah because they missed that opportunity whether it was real or fake we i guess we don't know sure yeah yeah um, but the dinosaurs also missed out on their happy ending like does this franchise just end with no one being happy like can the dinosaurs can dinosaurs be happy i guess does that make sense like i mean look i mean th- at the end of the lost world yeah that was that was a happy ending right like that felt like a dinosaurs, real happy dinosaurs ending. and humans right yeah, yeah. It's like, look, humans are safe now. All the dinosaurs are on Isla Sorna, or not all of them, but like, you know, that this is a, a safe haven. We've dropped off the T-Rex. Everything's good. You see the family. All the dinosaurs are together, you know, frolicking all together. It's it's happy. It's a really happy ending. But Colin's been kind of open that this doesn't end well for humans. Like, this doesn't end well for humanity. But I guess the only way I see it ending well for dinosaurs is if they're isolated from us, like th- there's no way that these dinosaurs can have a happy ending with us constantly like trying to take our land back or I don't know. Don't we all have to die for the dinosaurs to technically be happy? Yeah. I mean, there, there, there can't be a happy ending. I don't think because, <sighs> Because you're just repeating your own mistakes over and over. I mean, that's the tale of Jurassic is, is you know, just repeating mistakes over and over again. Nobody learns, you know? Right. And, I mean, this is real literal. Because it, if we just end in that same place that, like, the lost world ended, like, what's going on here? Like, are we just going to start again in that new trilogy that we talked about? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, is there another new, like, I, I have no idea. Where do you go from there and how do you end there? There, there seems no natural ending point um, outside of just coexistence. Is that the happy medium? Is that we all just, you know, we're all okay with it. But the, okay. But that there can't be coexistent. Like, look, like the walking dead, we don't, we don't coexist with the nope, walkers. nobody's ha- yeah nobody's happy there nobody's ha- like we're not coexisting with the walkers we deal with the walkers but we don't coexist yeah right so isn't that kind of what what jurassic is going towards is essentially this world where we are nothing to dinosaurs like they i i just feel like how can these animals how can these animals have any kind of life if we're like creating ammunitions to like go after them all the time yeah i I don't know know. i think we're moving far away from the arcadia like discussion but sort of uh, Um, still it's weird yeah i mean i don't know um it to me it just sounds like we're we're heading in this this territory of unspoiled wilderness like i liked i really like how that uh you know that wikipedia entry just kind of talks about that and and it really it really sings to fallen kingdom and what the the intention was there before you know, the plan went awry. I mean, sure, the intention was never that, but, like, in the eyes of Claire and the, the DPG, that was the intention. Um, so would their intention ever change? You know, do, would they say, you know, I th- I still think that's a good idea. You know, would Claire be like, we should really try to do that? You know, would they still be fighting for the rights of these dinosaurs? Is that something? Or do you think, like, the DPG is just like, oh, let's just dissolve, you know? Maybe maybe it's from the uh, along the lines of that our world is is an untapped wilderness for these dinosaurs like maybe we're thinking of it too literally where like the dinosaurs are going to be like in a peaceful sanctuary by the end of this thing maybe it's referring to the fact that like 
this is like untapped land for these animals. This is like the new world, right? When, when the white man came and like, you know, basically took over the West, right? Like, sure. I I'm almost wondering if that's kind of what this, what this is, right? Like the dinosaurs are, are getting a new horizon and getting, you know, they're, they're going into a world that is new to them, untapped potential for, you know, not only growth, but like reproductive growth and territories and all kinds of stuff. Maybe that's what it references. I mean, I think once you get past the initial, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, a little bit of destruction here and there, uh, trampling cities and whatnot, not, not to like a huge extent or anything. Um, not like Godzilla or something, but like, you know, like we saw in San Diego, it was like it was a bit of a mishap there and some bad stuff happened. But overall, you know, the city was fine. Um, I think once we get past that and once the dinosaurs learn their boundaries, um, I think they can I, I think there can be a natural coexistence between dinosaurs and, and uh, humans because we, we have that currently. You know, there's there's wild animals out there that are pretty dangerous and uh, I don't ever come into contact with them like. Never happens, you know. Now it will, of course, because I said it, it never happens. You're gonna get mauled by a but bear tomorrow, man. I, yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm really excited go, by go. that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, even that happens. That you know, you see the cell phone footage of you know somebody with a bear, you know, itching its back against their you know basketball hoop or something, you know, something like that. So right, like, right, and that's right. essentially the same thing that we saw at the end of falling uh, at the end of uh, Battle of Big Rock is that type of footage where. You know, we see this stuff every day, but it, it's not really occurring everywhere. It's not that widespread. It's not a national emergency. It's just like, you know, keep your eyes peeled. You know, if, if you see something, say something kind of thing. Now, if Blue wasn't the only Velociraptor at the end of Fallen Kingdom, I would I would want to go into like this maybe references like that we're going to start tapping into like the migration of the Velociraptors sure, yeah. from like the Jurassic Park book where like, the raptors were only interested in leaving the island because it was in their instincts to migrate. And it was that time of the, of the year for them where they needed to migrate and they were using the boats to do it. It, it had nothing to do with like wanting to get off the island. It had to do with this, with this deep, you know, uh, carnal yeah, instinct yeah. to like be constantly moving. Um, yeah. But and I think it was the only raptor, which is, Oh, just awful. But yeah, I mean, was... I, I, as far as the dinosaurs that we've seen, which of course that can change at a, a moment's notice. Sure, you know, sure. they could just throw whatever they want in there because that's how we do it. Um, I, you know, I think the raptors would certainly be the ones that you'd be afraid of, kind of inching into your your territory a little bit easier than some of the others. Like, I really don't see a lot of bigger dinosaurs like venturing into into your neck of the woods all that often. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they'd want to stay in their their own safe place, and if 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 humans like kind of allow them to have a safe place, I don't know. I, I think that the raptors would be a big problem, though. Yeah, I think raptors would be. See, like you say, like you don't think the bigger dinosaurs would move. I I see brachiosaurus being like totally a problem. Not that they're like targeting or maliciously going sure. for anything, but like stepping. All I over see your brachiosaurus gardens. like not caring about your backyard, but only wanting the tree that you have back there. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, all the, all the neighbor's fences are down and they just want right. a bite of that tree. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I mean so, that's that's I fair. I, I, I don't know. I I have no idea how this ends, but I think this this whole Arcadia ties to Fallen Kingdom, ties to Sanctuary, ties to this you know Wikipedia discussion about you know being unspoiled, harmonious wilderness. I I think there's something to it. Um, I don't know. And, and here, here's out. another geography. It, it talks about Arcadia is a rural and mountainous regional unit. Um, so that that's another. So maybe it's a mountain. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's just so weird that like it's it's misleading because we have the Arcadia as an actual point of reference in the franchise now. Like we can point to something and be like, "That's the Arcadia." So yeah. Does yeah. this title like reference that ship, or does this title is this title outside of that? Is this title? You know, I mean, and, it, and it's it it's meant be to be misleading. The whole point of production titles are designed to be misleading. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it could be, hey, it could be literal. Like it literally could mean that, like, sometime in the movie, they have to go to the boat impound lot, and uh, Owen has to sneak on and steal the boat or something like that. And this is the only way that they can get these island these dinosaurs back to an island or something like that. And they have to reuse that boat. Like that's possible. I think that's possible as well. I think right now the future is wide open. We have no idea. And uh, I just think it's interesting to at least discuss and see what we can kind of gather from one word, right? I mean, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about one single word and its potential. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, But I don't know really what else there would be to say about it, you know? No, not much. Uh, Why don't we move into our final thing here? Because... Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, I want to first go over what we did last year. So last year we talked about in, in our December, our final, uh, mailbag, um, or no, not mailbag. What is this? The wire? Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mixed up our segments here. Uh, the final, um, wire for 2018. So we discussed the top things that we're going to be looking forward to in 2019. And now that 2019 is just about done here. Let's look back. We uh, Here's a few things that we were excited about and, and uh, hoped for. So the first thing was Jurassic World Live Tour. We were very excited about that. So, so good and so worth getting excited about. Like it was it something is. that paid off. Yeah, I think it really did. And, you know, it, it, it is something that, uh, you know, we, we talked about these motion comics and how it didn't lead to much excitement. Jurassic World Live Tour for me really was exciting and and the story branched off into new and interesting uh areas and you know we get to see certain <coughs> excuse me uh certain sections of the island that we never saw before <coughs> sorry i'm having a problem here uh certain dinosaur traits that we've never seen before um new characters some really interesting characters and uh, i think it's like a really really good entry into the Jurassic saga that I just don't want it to be overlooked. And I know a lot of people are still reaching out saying, is it worthwhile? Is it something I should pick up a ticket for? And I always say yes, absolutely. Look, regardless of its actual standing in canon, which, you know, is whatever, this is totally something worth going to do. This wasn't something that was like we got excited about and then we're let down by it. This was something that was, you know, I got excited accordingly again i think the key word there is accordingly it's not a cg filled movie it's it's a live action uh you know all real basically play 
you know, stage play put on. Like, so if you go in with those expectations and those understandings and you can get excited about something like that, this will not let you down. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So I think, I think back in 2018, we, we really didn't know too much about what it was going to be. Like we knew it was, you know, going to be its own story probably, but we hadn't been to like the press day. So we didn't really know much about, you know, the intricacies of the story that were the characters or what dinosaurs. So we learned a lot, I think this past April and then, uh, in October or was it October or that we went down there? Um, or maybe it was September. No, um, yeah, it was, yeah, September, yeah, it was September, I believe. Like and then, you know, we actually finally got to see this thing live in person and it's just it was so exciting and i think this is one thing that really really paid off and i think in, in 2018 we just we're thinking you know this is an off year we just got off of fallen kingdom there's really not a lot to look forward to or, or a lot that's going to happen and, and i think we were right for the most part we were but like look we had stuff to talk about every single month on the wire oh yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. 2018 yeah. so like there was definitely stuff going on and there's other things on this list that i'm excited to talk about like it was an off year but it was definitely packed with things to be excited about. Yeah. Like, and I think no doubt the, you know, the Mattel Brachiosaurus was like, Oh my gosh, question. I finally have mine. It was such a it's, huge question, man. And we like, we didn't know how it would be released and, and would it be well received and all this good stuff. And, and it's, it's spectacular, man. I think it's great. It, it's absolutely phenomenal. And like what I noticed was, so I, I had mine and I've got, uh, I've got one for each of my nephews that I'm going to give them actually next Christmas because they got the Indominus this Christmas. Um, so they're getting Brachiosaurs next uh, year. Um, this is a, a phenomenal toy, something that was definitely worth getting excited about. Definitely did not let me down. However, again, I went in with the expectations of that this was going to be a hunk of plastic that it probably wasn't going to do much. Um, like it doesn't have any roaring function. It doesn't really have any like action, like, you know, mechanical action or anything, but it's a giant brachiosaur. Like at minimum, it's accomplished its job in the fact that we've never got one like this. And it's absolutely stunning. And what's great is that after the initial release wave, these things actually weren't crazy difficult to get. I was just at my local target and my parents house the other day and they had one on the shelf ready to be picked up by some lucky kid, you know? Yeah. So it's awesome. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe this thing is here and it's real and it's on my desk. Yeah, really, really, really satisfying that we didn't have to, you know, just talk about how, uh, you know, how it didn't come out, how it didn't uh, hit the shelves or how yes, it was guess, limited yes, exactly. or, you know, only online. or You know, it, it was great that it actually worked. Um, and, I, and, and they certainly learned from the Spinosaurus and all that stuff. So <laughs> I think it's... I couldn't uh, find the blue Spinosaurus either. Okay. Well, I haven't. I honestly have not looked for that, so I don't know. That's fair. Um, did you go to Walmart? Uh, I don't know. I did go to Walmart, non-existent. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think they've they've learned a lot, and that that showed at least for that dinosaur. Um, I don't know. But uh, other things that we were hoping for, because like I said, there wasn't really a lot to go off of. We didn't really know where we were going to lead because it was an off year this past year. Um, I think one of I think this was maybe one of your hopes was you were hoping that Hot Toys maybe got the license somehow. Uh, yeah. And we got close. We got Chronicle getting the license for one six scale figures. Um, so I'm going to take that as a win. We got one six scale figures coming. Whether or not they're going to be good is up for debate. Sure. Um, and yeah. remains to be seen. But 
someone got the license. I, I still would have preferred Hot Toys, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, here's an interesting one. We uh, had hoped and we've been we've been hearing on and off about this thing for the past few years now. Uh, Jurassic World Comics coming to IDW. Um, you know, we had heard a while back that they had, uh, I think they had the license at this point. I don't even remember, but, uh, they had maybe the option to create it, but it just never happened. It never came through and we never got it in this year, but we did get those wonderful motion comics. But you know what? Like uh, this, this should come with a caveat. I want there to be comic books, but I want them to be good. I don't think the IDW Jurassic Park comics that currently exist. I don't think they're good. And so sure. I yeah. think I think they're actually like the writing is like on par with like these motion comics we just got. So like if they can't be good, just don't do them. But let's do them and let's make them good. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it, it boils down to taking things seriously and and making sure that these are canon and not like I know I know, you know, Colin talked about letting the creators of these things have free reign to kind of, you know, not be hindered by the strict boundaries of the films. But I think that's the problem is you need to have those strict boundaries. You need to have uh, these defined, you know, places to go with this series. And if they are going to do comics, they need to matter. And that's that's where it stands. They need to matter. Um, I have to have like specifically comics are hard. They're, they're hard to get if you don't have a subscription service or a comic store anywhere near you. And I don't have a subscri subscription service and I don't have a comic store anywhere near me. So to me, they're kind of hard to track down. So I need mm. a reason to track down a store to go to to get these things. Well, you can always get on Comixology and buy things individually. Like you don't sure. have to have a subscription service. I, um, I would rather actually, I, I like the physical comic book. Like I am much okay, more fair. Of, of, of tracking down them when I actually find something that I like. And to me, like I like the Star Wars ones and I, I love the Star Wars canon as we talked about and uh, those matter. So I, I try to track them down those comics when I can. Uh, I just got the fourth Walking Dead compendium uh, for Christmas here. And um, I instantly dove into that and started reading it. I, I like the physical comic book. Sure, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope that we get some good Jurassic World comics. Like, I would even say that I think the top stuff, while the while the stories are borderline psychotic, like they're just absolutely insane. <laughs> like, at yeah. least they're entertaining and like they're good. I just didn't think that what IDW brought to the table when they had their run, I just didn't think it was interesting. And it was a lot of like, it was like weirdly placed fan service. Like, I mean, spoilers if you haven't read this, but like Tim comes back and like, there's like a bad guy that comes back and he's all like half disemboweled and stuff. It's so incredibly weird. It's like, <laughs> it's like making it like GI Joe almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like making it like Tim's whole life has been shaped by this weekend he had at Jurassic park. And like the same with like Lex. Um, it was just super weird. It was like, it was like weird fan service that, I personally didn't appreciate, but, sure. um, you know, I definitely want comics, but I want them, like you said, to be taken seriously and done well. Yeah. And I think one thing they did, they really did take seriously was the evolution of Claire, which came out in 2018. Sure. Um, and that was one of our hopes as well was, <clears throat> uh, to get another novel announced and that never happened. We, ne we didn't uh, get anything. We didn't get anything, you know, written, any kind of written material. So, um, 
you well, know, that's... Here, let me ask that's... you this. Did the evolution of Claire... I'm going to head over to Amazon right now. Did the evolution of Claire get a paperback release? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, oh, no. You know, I think uh, I only have a hardcover. I don't think there was uh, a paperback, to be honest. Um, now, I might be wrong, that, but I'm yeah, not hardcover, sure. Eight, now, that t that's telling. That's yeah. really telling about how well that book sold. See, I don't because... know. I have no idea how how well it was received, you know, on their end or how, how much money it made. And it, it never got an audio book. And I think it was like that's essential is is why was not why was Bryce not in there recording that audio book? That didn't make much sense to me um, or even anybody have anybody else record it. See, I think it's super telling. Yeah, it's got four stars on Amazon. Um, but I think it's super telling that this did not get a second run paperback edition. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Because almost every book out there gets a paperback edition. And I think the fact that this did not tells you how well that hardcover sold, which I think is probably not well. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's accurate. I, I am kind of upset if that's the case. And I because I, I like that novel. I thought it was good. You know, it's it's uh something that it ties in nicely, I think. I mean, um, so sure, let's see. Sure, there's, there's 31, issues, but there's 31 ratings on Amazon. Like, what's another? Hmm, like, what's another like franchise that has books that? I mean, we can't say like Harry Potter because well, right, that's not Star on the Wars. same level. Let's go. Let's um, talk about Star Wars again. Um, let's you know, go. Gears I, look of up, War book. Sure, sure. Gears of War up, book. Let me see this. I don't see 79 reviews on Amazon. Four and a half stars. So like people just aren't reviewing books i guess but this is almost is that double no yeah that's almost double sure i mean More look double what claire got reviewed here's here's master and apprentice from star wars this just came out september 24th that has 240 uh on on amazon here 240 reviews so that's far and above uh you know here's one for star wars ahsoka 1177 so yeah I, I, you said what 35 on amazon 30? it has 31 31 yeah that, that's real low um but i don't know I, I don't really follow these all that closely it's got, um, it's got 31 ratings and actually only 29 customer reviews hmm. like that's great and, and if that's telling it all to sales that's bad yeah i don't know is one of them me <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to scrub through. Yeah, I guess, I you know, know what? I can, because I've got, there's only 29 of them. Uh, what are you on Amazon? Is it just your name? I have no idea. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, I think I was like, maybe one of the first ones, if that's possible. Mm. No, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do it. I don't know. I'm not seeing you. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, Brad oh, no, J. Brad J. Yep, there, there I you am. Go. Yep. <laughs> That's me. Um, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. You can read my review right there, right next to that one star review from somebody else. Ooh, and another <laughs> one star and a two star. So yeah. Ah, that's a shame because I, I enjoyed it and I thought I thought the uh the author was pretty great. So yeah. What are you gonna do? I, I wish I wish we got another one. It it seemed so easily <coughs> uh available to just excuse me uh to just i've got a cold if i didn't say that already uh to just like make a evolution of owen you know like that would have been great or you know in this lead up to jurassic world 3 the evolution of the trio or something you know like have those right. stories leading up i think that's perfect um but uh we didn't get that so i i can add that to my 2020 list because that was all we had for 
2019. So, well, my 2020 goal is to read the evolution of Claire. How about that? <laughs> That's a good goal. And I already put, I'm looking forward to the return, uh, return to Jurassic Park. So, um, that's on my list of things to look forward to. Awesome. Let's but, do uh, but yeah, I, I kind of wrote down just a few real quick things. Look, I mean, we're going to get the title this year, the, or 2020. Um, if if things branch out the way that they have in the past, we should get this, the, the title in June. Um, that seems to be historically accurate when it comes to Jurassic is getting that title uh, in June. This production matches Fallen Kingdom's production time-wise like pretty like pretty to a t so sure um so june uh, uh, we can expect that title i'm i'm really interested in that looking forward to that um maybe we will get a trailer this year in either november december that's historically Ooh. historically accurate as well it could happen there um do you not, think that would go in a, front of is what is avatar coming out this coming december um ooh, i i don't i think so maybe so a jurassic park movie trailer in front of avatar could be cool same avatar, audience um no actually avatar 2 is is 2021 so oh um, well, never mind. I, I i don't know what's happening but there's a lot of stuff honestly the 2020 is a huge year for movies so um i don't know what it is but there's probably something big um so i think but i honestly think like a trailer um you know maybe around thanksgiving or early december is possible because usually there's something big at the end of the year. Um, so that's that's a hope. Uh, maybe it gets pushed to the next year, 2021, with Super Bowl or something like that. That's totally possible as well. Sure. Yep. Um, I am really hoping that Camp Cretaceous is good. <laughs> is that is that the bar of is that the bar of quality you need? Is just good. Well, like I said, right now I'm not feeling very confident in the production of Jurassic content right now. Um, I, that's hard. That's that's me being very harsh. Uh, we just got Battle at Big Rock, which was not on our lists, um, and that was something we didn't expect, and it was pretty amazing. Awesome. It, it was, was amazing. Awesome. So, yeah. you know, that was great. And then we got a few, you know, let down comments and stuff like that, and these comics and stuff. So my 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 like expectation level has kind of dropped since then, but sure. I, I'm I'm hoping you know Camp Cretaceous can be considered canon is something that's uh, you know acceptable for kids, but also for adults. I I, I want to hear. I know like I know that's always going to be a complaint is oh it's just too too much made for kids. You know I watch Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars, and Rebels, and everybody has said that those are for kids, but they're not. They're awesome. And I enjoy them. So I hope that this can be the same thing for Jurassic. I hope it's good. I hope it uh, ties in well. And I hope it doesn't like, you know, I hope it doesn't, it isn't considered soft canon. No, and I don't want, I know I've said this a million times. I don't want soft canon. Look, there was, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was something at the end of Mandalorian that <laughs> references or has um, roots in the animated stuff. Yep. And I didn't know that, but then like when when that was revealed to me through like a podcast or something, I was like, wait, that's really cool for everyone that is like that's really into Star Wars and watches everything. It's really cool that they pulled from, you know, from everything else. Like I love watching Mandalorian and seeing like all the nods to like the prequel trilogy. I don't love the prequel trilogy, but I do love seeing 
those designs treated right. You know, like sure, but that's that's the the best possible outcome you could have is is at the end of that show it reveals the thing that shows you you need to look out for this show or that show or this comic or that comic. Like you actually right. have to pay attention to the world that they're building, and I think that's what they that's how they do it so brilliantly is is we need to introduce you into this larger universe instead of narrowing our our outlook here. And, and which only is, looking inward at the films. We need which to look is why outward. the doctor from the live show needs to be mentioned in the next movie or or mentioned in Camp Cretaceous even. Like I know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, shoot, what's her name? Um uh, Kate Walker. Kate Walker. Like Kate Walker needs to be mentioned in Camp Cretaceous. Like hands down, she needs to be a mentioned and or better yet a character in Camp Cretaceous. That would be awesome. It really would be. And I I, I I I think we've probably talked about that before. Like I I really want Madison to have a, a bigger role here, and and I think she deserves it. You know, she built that character, and uh, you know, sure other people do, uh, you know, play that role in off times, and you know, she can't really you know do it every single per, uh, performance. But I think like that character needs to branch out into you know we talked about the evolution of of Doctor Kate Walker or or Camp Cretaceous. I think that would be a perfect role for that character if you don't want it if you don't want to throw it in the next movie you don't have to you can do it here um right so please That'd be awesome you know give people a reason to seek out these these other things because i think what the mandalorian did was really make people consider watching these other things and and you should because when i saw it i was blown away i thought this is amazing i sat next to my wife who saw it and she didn't know what was going on and uh i think a lot of people are probably in that same boat but um, it really gives you cause to to look out for more, and uh, and to have faith in the creators. So that kind of does leave me lead me into one of my next uh, points here is the expanded universe. Um, I hope they have some sort of course correction here, or 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 drive behind the scenes to kind of figure out what's going on with canon with with their expanded universe. I think twenty twenty is a perfect year the perfect time to set up a press release and say what is and what is not canon. They could easily course correct and say exactly what does and does not count. They can set up a website and I think it would be uh, one very stupid and two actually kind of rude to discredit uh, Camp Cretaceous and live tour. So I think that those two should be integrated into canon. And I think this is the perfect year to like have for Universal to sit down and say, you know, we have the final movie of a two trilogy uh, series coming out. And if we want to move forward, we need to actually sit down and set up uh, the rules. What are the rules of this world? And I think that I think that those two things specifically need to be integrated into the canon officially. Um through universal like you know through again the the curator of the franchise saying so um yeah i think it needs to happen and i think this is the perfect year for it to happen while we all get geared up to go into the next movie and honestly i mean while you're at it just even pull in the motion comics i know it's not like a, a highly looked upon oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, and i know yeah, we yeah, don't like fine. it yep. but like pull them in because nothing that i saw in those comics really steps on the toes of the films so pull them in, make them uh, make them canon. It, it, it's yep, it's, totally. it's good. I'd be glad. I would be happy that that happened. Um, so do stuff like that. But uh, 
yeah, I, I hope that that's something that they look at and say, you know, we need to figure out what's going on here. Make this clear for people out there to know what's going on. Um, and I, I'm just overall looking forward to the production. This is going to be a huge year. You know, we've got Jurassic World 3. Uh, production is starting in February. It's going to it's gonna run until I think somewhere probably around August or something like that. So um, we'll get that title. We'll potentially get some sort of posters or, uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes, tons of behind the scenes stuff, I'm sure. You know, they did a lot for Fallen Kingdom. And then the, the think- marketing ramped up. You know, we're going to get some marketing. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was the the biggest marketed movie I've ever seen. So I I assume that trend will continue. Um, yeah, I would imagine so. And I doubt that they'll deviate from the last plan because the last plan, it worked, right? Like they made a ton of money. Yeah. Um, now, was it lower than what Jurassic World made? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jurassic World was like, I think it's like top five or something like that. It's 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 huge. It's a big movie, and and Fallen Kingdom is is no slouch. I mean, it, it you know it came in a bit lower, but I think uh, you know without the numbers here to support it, but um, I think it did uh, let's pretty see. well. Dem- domestic opening for Fallen Kingdom, uh, one hundred and forty eight million, and this that's just domestic opening. Um, but those are those are usually pretty telling. Domestic opening for Jurassic World was two hundred and eight million. So actually not. You know, it was fifty million difference. That's not, that's not crazy. No, uh, no. When you think about it, so, um, you know, pretty, pretty good. Oh, worldwide, Jurassic World, one point six billion worldwide. Oh, and I think, I think, uh, Fallen Kingdom. I think it was like one point four billion or one point three. One point three so, billion. Yeah, so, so not, not awful. No, no, that's pretty good. If you hit a billion, that's that's awesome. You know. Yeah. Uh, a handful of movies do that every year. Uh, it seems to be more and more, but, um. That's that's a good number. So I think if they do the same thing, the production uh, behind the scenes, the marketing, all that stuff, it's going to be crazy this this year. So I am very much looking forward to that. Yeah, totally. Cannot wait for that new poster. Oh, I, I hope uh, I hope it's a good one. So I hope okay, wait, wait. I want the poster and you can write this down because we'll talk about it next year. I want the poster to be the fallen. So like we've kind of got the stone from the first one. And we've uh-huh. got the cracked lava stone from the second one. Yeah. I want the third one to be like the lava stone, the, the cracked lava stone. But like I want it to have like – or like cracked stone of some kind. But I want it to have like greenery growing like from within the cracks like and coming like out yeah. to the audience or whatever. Like that's what I want. Um, I it's really like a, hope it's, we get it. It's like a rebirth, you know. It's a – Yes, I exactly. think I think I think that's the perfect way to go. It's kind of that – maybe not necessarily overgrown but – uh, just, you know, like you're saying, it's kind of rebirth. Maybe, maybe even some spark of flowers in there. Throw something nice. Yeah, something yeah, colorful. yeah. I don't want anything like, I don't want anything like the Lost World, like Blu-ray with like all the foliage around it or anything. I think that's cool for that movie. But like for this specifically, I just want like some moss growing in the crevices. I want like some like weeds or some flowers like sprouting up through the cracks. Um, you know, I think that would be really, really cool. And hey, you know, you said not specifically the Lost World, but look, take a cue from that movie and the marketing materials because that has never oh, been reached gorgeous. ever again. Like that level of quality and everything that they produced was incredible. So, so go back to that. Like, have a little inspiration from that movie. That'd be so cool. But yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode here. Another, uh, well, well, just about two hours here. So, um, 
I, I, I look forward to 2020, and I, I, uh, I, uh, I think we have, um, uh, you know, we can kind of put 2019 behind us and some of the most recent uh, outrage and backlash and stuff like that. And, and, and of course, I think most of 2000, uh, what year is it? 2019 was pretty awesome. We got a lot of great stuff, a lot, a lot of speculation, a lot of hype going on there. So hopefully we can continue that on in 2020 and, uh, you know, lead us into Jurassic World 3, whatever that's going to be. And, and we'll certainly learn a lot more about it. Oh, man, I am so excited. Like, I can't even... I can't believe we're like just a, a year and a half out from yeah. another movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy it's, how you, quickly that happened. Are you ready to do it again, man? Are you ready no. to do like three episodes a week? No, no, not at all. <laughs> do you hear me? I'm sick right now and I can barely put out episodes as we are. So yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, I apologize to, for my like lack of voice here and my constant coughing, but we got through it. We got through it here today. So Aaron, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Jurassic Wire and uh I guess we'll see you in January. I will see you in 2020. Oof. Crazy. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 214th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Thank you for persevering and getting through uh that tough segment where it was, uh, there was some negativity, uh, some positive stuff as well, and of course, my uh, cold, so you had to deal with that as well, so thank you so much for dealing with that, and also thank you to Aaron for joining me yet again um, for the final uh, edition of The Wire for 2019. It's uh, it's always such a fun segment, and um, you know, we, we, we didn't really cover a lot of stuff earlier in the month. So it was kind of nice to catch up on all the uh, interesting news and updates that have been happening and to talk about stuff like those motion comics, which really, really bug me. Um, but thank you to Aaron for joining me and, uh, you know, listening as I uh, as I complained. But thank you to everybody who listened and reviewed this year. Um, it's been a crazy year for the podcast. You know, we had that that big hiatus, which we talked about Um and, uh, you know, I, I love that everybody stuck it out and stuck around and keep listening and listen through all of our, our downtime and whatnot. But I really, really appreciate everybody who is here through all these years since 2015 um, who've been listening each and every episode or, or even if you just started and you're, you've been catching up. Recently, I've heard of a lot of people who have started from the beginning and they're they're catching up on each and every episode and it just blows my mind so thank you so much to everybody out there who's been listening who left a review over on itunes um we really really appreciate those i i noticed that there have been a lot of a lot more reviews and such so keep pouring those in um there wasn't too many as far as more written reviews were concerned but uh, a lot of people are still hitting that five star button um, I'm assuming five stars. Keep hitting that five stars. Let us know that you are enjoying the show so that other people who are searching for Jurassic Park know that you like this show as well. So go check that out. But um, I thank you guys so much, like I said, for sticking it out and uh, listening to this episode. This is the final episode of 2019. 2020 will surely be chaotic. It will be out of control. It will be so much fun. I am very much looking forward to um, all the new content, all the new updates, everything that's going to be coming for 
Jurassic World 3, whatever that's going to be titled. Um, I can't wait to follow along with that production. You know, uh, following, following along with Jurassic World and uh, Fallen Kingdom these past few years, it's been such a blast. Um, and I think, I think people are going to be really, really excited for this one. It's going to be so much fun. And right now, none of us have any clue what's going on. So this is going to be a blast. So, so cherish this moment in 2019 when we don't know anything because it's going to start hitting the fan soon and we're going to know so much more about Jurassic World 3. So thank you guys for sticking it out. We are here at the final episode of 2019 and I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to myself for the outro. Thanks guys. Saddle off. Let's get this movable beast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.